The rules are very simple, MacLeod. Since when did you play by the rules? They're not for me, they're for you. There are other rules. We both know them. In your world, in here, I write the rules and they change with the game. Now today, it's hide and seek. You see, I hide this gorgeous young creature here and you try to find her. Cut the games, Merrick. It's me you want. I'm here. Oh, now where's the sport in that? begging to get Betamaxed. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, <laughs> the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. I mean, there's really two kinds of people. People who beg to get Betamaxed and people who Betamax others. So, that's true. You know, that's really the only way it goes. I love to Betamax others. Have either of you ever seen a Betamax tape? You know, like, like no, you mean, like not, watched a film like, on Betamax? Like watched a film, not actually no, seen so. a physical. T- mm-hmm. I haven't either. I've seen a Betamax tape itself, but uh, I've I, I I heard they're superior to VHS. I believe they I, are. I've, I've yeah. heard it claimed. I don't know yeah. what went wrong, but I absolutely know one of our listeners has watched a Betamax. Tape. <laughs> you know that for a, a fact. I, I I would bet money on it. I would bet one of my organs on it. Oh, Ooh, wow. which organ? An important one or like a... Yeah, like one of my nuts or one of my eyeballs or oh. one of my... Oh, those are, those are very different. You're putting eyeball and nut in the same category? That is insane to me. Love them. Love them. <laughs> love my eyes and I love my nuts. All right. Uh, so or well. one of my lungs. Yeah. On that note, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to Highlander Rewatched. It's been a long time since you've enjoyed this banter. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're back to regular episodes. We want to give kind of a recap. Uh, as you may know, over the summer, we kind of took a break uh, and we're doing the Corona Chronicles, uh, you know, and going back to reader mail just to keep everybody kind of in the loop and, I don't know, uh, trying to provide some bit of normalcy during all this craziness. Um but yeah, we, we got decided, tired of waiting. <laughs> yeah, we did get tired of waiting. We were hoping that we'd be able to, well, that quarantine would be over by now uh, and we could all get together. But sadly, that is not the case. Uh, but we did want to kind of get back to it because we can only, I don't know, we didn't want to just be waiting around forever uh, to do this. Uh, unlike those immortals, we don't have forever. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey. Yuck, yuck. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but it was, it, was, it was nice to go through all the reader mail and kind of do something different. Uh, and so we've decided to carry over some of those things into our regular episodes, like, you're obviously watching us on uh, Facebook, I guess. Uh, if you're not listening uh, on a podcast app, uh, there's a video available, and we're going to try to keep that going uh, while we do these new episodes, which will be good because you'll be able to see the clips we watch. Uh, we're going to put catalog pictures up. Uh, so hopefully that'll be uh, fun, a little bit different for the show. Um, Keith, well, you buried keep... the lead. You get to see, you, they get to see Eamon's face. They do. That's, that's the reason you're all actually here, so... And yeah, Eamon's many uh, beard and hairstyles. I'm I'm very much digging the uh, the the kind of longer hair, Eamon. It looks good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's because I don't want to go get a haircut. Ah, it's a good you could just do some clipping. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. Would you ever pull it back? <laughs> Would you ever put it in like a ponytail Ooh, or a bun? Maybe McLeod I'll, style? Yeah, McLeod style. I'll either do a McLeod style or I'll do a, a man bun. All right. Well, you know if they made it a couple made the show a couple of years ago Duncan McLeod would have a man bun and it would be infuriating <laughs> does Adrian Paul does has he I guess he he wears his hair short now yeah um, he does I wonder if he ever wore a man bun these are the questions maybe we'll have him back on the show and ask <laughs> yeah when yeah. when he never comes back on again we'll yeah. be sure to ask That's very true. what his thoughts are on man buns um also and by we- which I don't mean like his butt I mean Ooh, That's I right. have some thoughts on his man buns hey what are those thoughts or is that very, for Patreon? Very That's good. Patreon exclusive. Uh, first, yeah. I mean, who knows what I think? Maybe I was lying. That's right. <laughs> well, speaking of Patreon, uh, before we start, we do want to thank all the Patreon supporters. Um, they got a special episode uh, last week, which is cool. Which is cool. I'm saying that. I'm like, oh, how cool. We gave a special episode. It was uh, super cool. <laughs> but we did another so music cool. share. So if you're interested in uh, some exclusive content or some stuff that's maybe Highlander adjacent or just very different and more personal for us, uh, head on over to Patreon and you can be a Patreon supporter. Uh, and one thing uh, that that led to was new microphones for Kyle and Eamon. So we want to yes. thank everybody who's contributed uh, because now we're obviously doing this separately. We wanted to upgrade our uh, some of our equipment. So this podcast would sound more like our typical show uh, when we're together in the studio recording. So, Hopefully you can hear the difference that yes. your contributions have made. Right. The, uh, the, up, the, the increase in audio quality is, you know, canceled out by that they have to see our faces. So Yeah, that's a wash. It's it a, is a wash. <laughs> Barf. So uh, before we hop into this episode, one thing we wanted to do uh, that we did during the Corona Chronicles over the summer was just kind of talk about how things are going, because we're all still in quarantine. Things are a little weird. Uh, so how have things been going, guys, over the past, you know, week or two since we last uh, put out an episode? How about you, Eamon? What have you been up to? Um, so, I mean, not to bring it down, but... Uh, here we go. <laughs> yesterday, Chadwick Boseman passed the actor. That was very sad and mm. unexpected. Um, 2020, just just a shitty year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we lost Come the on. Black Panther. It's not good. But I, uh, I do th- I do think it's. I just want to real quick say like how amazing it is that he he produced all those films while fighting um, colon cancer. That's yeah, just, that's completely insane. He made so many movies while he was sick. Yeah. Without seemingly anyone knowing. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew. Um, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, it's just kind of sad that he had to, had to hide it. Um, but you know, he'll be remembered forever. Yeah. Those movies mean a lot, uh, to a lot of people. So, yeah. So that's sad not to bring it down, but, um, but I've been good. I've been watching, watching movies and reading, reading comics. All Uh, right. Which is always good. I got this Rutger Hauer movie called Split Second, hmm. and it's really weird. It's Rutger Hauer in the future London, and global warming has happened, so London is perpetually flooded. Interesting. It's not a very good movie, though. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, it's but, good for the flood-related content, but otherwise, yeah. not much. But he's also fine fighting. Uh, like trying to get a serial killer that looks like an alien. It looks like like an alien alien, like a HR Giger alien. Oh, wow. Oh. It's really it's really weird. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's very strange. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, very this, good. 
split second check that movie out wow well here's here's a story for everybody even you guys don't know uh because we did talk yes or two days ago i guess right mm-hmm. uh my car broke down yesterday so that was fun, oh, a uh, fun adventure yeah uh so i was driving and this it sucks so much i had just left a doctor's appointment uh and i was not able to eat or drink like all morning because of this appointment uh so then my car just fucking died like in an intersection as i was gone i was like no 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 (laughs) so then i had to get out of the car put it in neutral and push it uh like a block and of course it's like a million degrees i had not drank a thing or eaten a thing i'm drenched uh and by the time it was all over i was like oh shit i think i'm gonna pass out uh so that was fun and i just had to wait for a tow truck and blah 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 so that stinks and maybe i'll have to get a new car at this point or something oh that's Uh, terrible We'll what, see. I don't know. What's the make and model? What? What do you? What? What's the? What, I want to check this on Kelly's Blue Book. Can you give me all it's, the details? This car is worth nothing. It's a. It's a 2005 Mazda three. So Ooh. now you know what car I drove. A yeah. Mazda. A Mazda. Maybe you could get a, a Miata. All right. Yeah, that's another M. Stay in the stay in the Mazda family. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what kind of car I would get or whatever, or if I'm even going to get another car. We'll see. Did anybody but, help you push it or were you not in a populated area? No, I will say uh, at least two cars stopped and asked me if I wanted help because uh, I'm a stubborn idiot. I said, no, I'm good. I don't want to interrupt your day. And I <laughs> let them go. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that awful to push the car. I mean, whatever. Uh, but That's nice. Yeah. No, I was glad that people, uh, you know, stopped to see what was up and, See if I need help. So it was good. It's good. That yeah, it was warms good. the cockles of my heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So that's been my uh, the end of my week. So Kyle, what have you been up to? Yeah, not that much. Watching. Uh, a, I just rewatched Jurassic Park for the first time in a long time. I'm still as obsessed with that movie as ever. It holds up impeccably. I, in fact, I think I liked it more now than the last time I saw it. Whenever that was. It's a good movie. What a what a delight. And oh. Sam Neill is so good. Everyone in it is so good. Like, everyone's performances are great. Mr. DNA. Mr. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're just like, I always forget Samuel Jackson is in that movie, smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's hanging. Like, it's like, it's, it's a, like it's floating beyond his lips. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like a night. It's, it basically runs parallel to his body the way he smokes the cigarette. It's amazing. This is a tr- it was such a delight. And then Hold I've been, on to your butts. Yeah. Then I've been playing uh, a lot of the most recent Fire Emblem game, and that has been a real treat. Awesome. So a friend of mine lent that to me, and it is Chef's Kiss. Is all right. Roy, Roy in there? Mark? No, no Roy. It's, a, it's all new characters. Ooh. <laughs> Roy's saw, our boy. Uh, Roy. The 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park, which is weird to think about, was in, I guess, uh, 2013. And so they had like a big midnight screening of it at a local theater. Uh, So I went with some friends and we saw it and it was great, of course. Uh, But when Samuel L. Jackson just appeared on screen, he got a standing ovation. It was fantastic. I'm pretty sure I was there for this. Yes, I think you were. Uh, and didn't uh, your friend win like a box set of DVDs or like a copy of Jurassic Park 3 or some shit? Uh, no, it was like a, a box set of all three movies, I guess, at that point. So what a wonderful yeah. time. Wild. Yeah, on the <laughs> raffle. Very exciting. 
Wow, that is well, exciting. Speaking of uh, prizes and box sets, I think it's time to play the catalog game. It's been what? a while since we've done this, huh? Mm -hmm. The catalog. Weird what? question. Have we announced what episode we're talking about today? Nope. Nope, nope. not at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, today, uh, well, I It'll guess it's in the, uh, the episode description. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about episode 6-6, six six, Black Ooh, Tower. Black Tower, baby. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, yeah, we're picking up uh, the last season 6 episode we did was patient number 7, I believe, correct? Correct. All right. Black Tower, otherwise known as person, woman, man, camera, TV. What? <laughs> I think I get what you're going at. Going I don't get. There. I don't get the joke, but I like it. Oh, guys, are you, you ready got... to play the catalog game? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Ooh. this week, with I this figured... new format, this is so easy. Look at this. We can just see everything. I know you can see it. I'm still going to read it out loud, of course. Uh, so since we're well, got to do something for the people at home. That's right. Since we're jumping back into season six, I thought it would be good to talk about uh, the season six uh, VHS box set. Uh, so it says Highlander the series season six video collection with the season six collection you can relive the power and emotion of the sensational tales that brought this legendary series to its dramatic conclusion plus you can at last put the finishing touch on your Highlander video library I like that that's the main selling point it's like you can finally polish this thing off like, right. you can finally be done put it to bed all right your season six video collection includes this outstanding season six bonus gift package uh, the Duncan Connor movie poster. Highlanders come full circle, filmed to television, and now back to film. What better way to honor this unique evolution and to send off Adrian into the new creative world than with an extraordinary dual image poster of Adrian Paul and Christopher Lambert, both starring in the upcoming Davis Panzer Miramax film, Highlander, World Without End. This oh, is interesting. Cool yeah, that's right, the other title. It's not a bad title, wow. I get. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm. None of the titles really make any sense anyway, but we'll talk about that when we get to that movie. It also comes with the In Honor of Mythos T. The oldest immortal has established himself as one of the most popular and intriguing Highlander characters. We've honored his legendary status in a courageous cotton tea, as black and mysterious as his ancient past. <laughs> wow. Uh, features a color screen image of a sword-wielding Mythos framed in an embellished metalwork crest. Next, we get a season six poster, an extraordinary two image. Two posters? Of, two posters, man. An extraordinary image of Duncan McLeod from Highlander's final season brings to life this commemorative collector's edition poster. Wait, what? All right. Wait, wait. Brings a to life the poster? Not the. Oh, this is. Go on, is Evan. That, is that the picture? Is the other poster that Duncan and fencing outfit? I. That's what my assumption looking at this. That that's terrible. Is a shitty poster. That is bad. That is not good. You sure it's not extraordinary? I'm it pretty is. sure. I okay. mean, it's certainly it's certainly not coming to life to me. And frankly, <laughs> the other poster is terrible too. I feel like Lambert is about to come to life and murder me. That's that's like from the poster of the movie. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, that's what a, a strange picture to use. Who made these posters? I don't know. Uh, it also comes with the clan collectible pin, the original and definitive full color symbols of Duncan and the Clan McLeod, vividly cast in diminutive and gloriously precise detail. What's that word? Diminutive? Diminutive. There Sorry, we go. I added an extra syllable. All right, guys. Long the life KKP, pendant. KKP? <laughs> Clan collectible pin? Live well and prosper. Wait a minute. Um, what? <laughs> uh, from our beautiful collection of handcrafted sterling silver Highlander jewelry comes a pendant 
championing the Celts' interpretation of the Chinese symbol for long life. What? Features black leather cord. Okay, is that a thing? I've actually never, is is the Celtic, like the, the like infinite Celtic knot actually derived from a Chinese thing initially? Well, I don't think that this image is that though. Like that doesn't look like the knot. That yeah. looks like its own thing. Interesting. I agree that they are similar design, like, things, right? Yeah, sort I of. guess. Like a sort of infinite knot sort of thing, I get. But are they related, really? Like, great question. Who knows? Somebody write us in and tell us if the uh, Celtic knot is in any way related to uh, Chinese art or anything, or if they are just separate, uh, you know, developments. Interesting, huh? How about separate, that, catalog? but equal. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, no. Season six, new millennium collector's calendar from January 2000 to December 2000. A breathtaking 12 month wall calendar shows off an eclectic mix of action and portrait shots from each season six episode. The perfect way to mark the end of an era while heading into a new one. Mm. Breathtaking. Yeah, can a calendar really be breathtaking? Take my breath away. If you had a calendar and you opened it and it was like, the pictures in the calendar were like pictures of you in like personal settings that you didn't know were photographed. That might be breathtaking. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but that would mean you have a stalker who also prints calendars. That would be that I'm copywriting that idea. Nobody steals <laughs> it. There's still more gifts that come with this uh, this box set. So we also get the season six collector's portfolio. Shot by official location photographers, the five striking images from season six have been beautifully printed to create this exceptional collector's edition portfolio, eight and a half by 11. And finally, a numbered it's... certificate of authenticity signed by producers. Wow. So, so uh, and the, same, the, the picture on the certificate of authenticity is the same picture of Duncan that's on that poster, Duncan. just flipped. One of, yes. the, one of the collector's portfolio pictures appears to be a homeless-looking Joe playing <laughs> an acoustic guitar. I think I think uh, we'll we'll encounter that sometime toward the end of this season. Ooh. Why is that one of the pictures? Great question. Also, it seems kind of stingy for the portfolio. I guess you get a bunch of other things, but like, I don't know, are the, is this photo port, is a photo portfolio an exciting thing? I'm very excited about it. I don't very know. excited. I mean, what would you do with the photo? I mean, I don't know. Do you frame them? I guess you frame them, right? You frame I them. Guess. Or you put them in a little portfolio book and you can flip through it. You can pull them out every once in a while, take a look. You can pull sure. it out every once in a while. <laughs> I guess. That's right. Weird. All right, so it's time. You guys are going head-to-head. -head. The way the game works is Kyle and Eamon have to guess uh, the actual retail price of the Highlander box set, which comes with all this stuff. Uh, and whoever gets closest uh, within 20% uh, gains my respect for the rest of the episode uh, and usually gets to give their opinion first, right? Usually, yes. yes. All right, so we'll do that. Eamon, would you like to go first? Here, I'm going to stop sharing this here. Sure. All right. So I'm going to guess that this costs $250. $250. All right. Hmm, that was actually going to be my guess. Oh, but not actually, too bad. But then I remembered that this is a shorter season. Mm, you know, like you're true. getting less of, you're getting all this other bullshit, but you are getting, 
less of what is ostensibly the flagship product. It also wouldn't surprise me if they built in some kind of pricing decrease because they knew people were just going to be less interested because of like just a lower desire to actually watch these episodes. So I'm going to guess it's only one sixty. Hundred and sixty dollars. All right. That feels low to me. I feel like I fucked up, but we'll find out. <laughs> Eamon, you are the winner. You guessed two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, the actual retail price of this in the year two thousand was a hundred and thirty-nine dollars and ninety-five cents. So don't I win? Yes. Okay. Kyle won. I, I I read them backwards. I'm very sorry. I'm an idiot. Well, I don't know. We're doing it live. So yeah. uh Kyle, Woo! you won. Uh yeah, $139. How about that? That that seems uh, kind of cheap for that. Well, considering how much they sell, like if you got all this stuff a la carte, how much they would yeah, charge Yeah, I should have I should have gone through the catalog and taken all the prices down for each of these items to see mm. uh, you know, where it lined up. But they are definitely throwing some perks at you because they want to unload these. Uh, how much do you think this would cost today? Or how's how's this sound? First ask, uh, how much would you pay for an episode of television today? A single episode of television. Well, like three bucks at three the bucks? most. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like a dollar to two dollars, I think, is like is, is a kind of the going rate, I think. Uh, well, price today, uh, well, actually, is this even based on the old episode, I guess? $16.20 uh, would be how much this would cost today per episode. Uh, today, this would cost $210 uh, oh, to purchase uh, 13 episodes of a TV show. It's too much. Too much. Now, granted, the model's obviously very different. You don't have to make uh, tapes and plastic and ship them and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, crazy how much this costs. Thirteen. Well, I remember when you know when Suncoast Video was around and I would buy anime tapes, like an anime tape with two episodes on it. So that's like forty-five minutes. Mm -hmm. Would be thirty dollars. They knew they like, could get away with that. To, yeah. Like. They could get all the weebs to buy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I like we're like if you bought a VHS at Jurassic Park, how much would that cost? Like back then, I think it was like maybe twenty five bucks. It depends, though. I don't know. Like, I think like early on they were way more expensive. They were that. very yeah. expensive. Yeah. So, but I guess maybe by two thousand VHS was kind of. Or wait, this it's not 2000, is it? Yeah, this what? is the year 2000. This so like, is the year 2000. DVDs are oh. like right about to happen, right? Yeah. And I guess probably DVDs had already probably existed in some sort of format, right? Before yeah. this, but probably weren't as mainstream yet. Laser discs. Laser discs, yeah. Yeah, like PlayStation 2 is coming out. So like, every, like suddenly all, all these people have DVD players, even if they didn't dedicatedly buy one. That's true. Uh, well. That's fascinating. How about that's that? a catalog game? That is Good. the catalog game. Because you got into my head, Keith. I was about to congratulate Amons, but no, congratulate me. That's right. So you get some respect this episode. So Kyle. much deserved. It's my only source of respect, really, mm -hmm. including self-respect. None of that. So, are, you are, we <laughs> are we ready to talk about an episode that I suspect we will not respect? Uh oh. All right. So we are Ooh. talking. Let's get some dates and deets and all that stuff. Uh, so today we're talking about season six, episode six, Black Tower. Uh, this was uh, first aired November 9th, uh, 1997. Ooh. Uh, this was directed by Richard Martin. This is his six of nine episodes. So, so far we've seen uh, Valkyrie, Duende, The Stone of Schoon, Armageddon, and Diplomatic Immunity. 
go back into your archives to listen to our interview with director Richard Martin. That's right. Richard's a great guy and a great he director. He's very cool. Very funny, very charming, very smart, very talented Richard right. Martin. Uh, and this was written by none other than friend of the show, Maury Ravinsky. Uh, so this is a reminder also to get his book, The Heart and Other Strangers. You can go to theheartandotherstrangers.com and order a copy. Uh, you can also go to Amazon uh, or any, any major outlet should probably carry it. Uh, it's a really great book of short stories. I recommend everybody get it. Uh, Maury's a good friend and uh, his, his writing is always great. Uh, and this is his, well, <laughs> this, is his <laughs> this is his seventh. Maury is a great writer. Yes. This is perhaps not the best example of that, but... This is, yeah, this is his seventh of eight uh, Highlander episodes. Uh, Maury wrote episodes like The Fighter, The Cross of St. Antoine, Brothers in Arms, and The End of Innocence, uh, among a few others. Uh, oh, yes. Some very good ones in there. Yeah, The Fighter yeah. is one of my favorite episodes. Brothers in Arms is great. Uh, yeah, End of Innocence is also great. These are like stellar Highlander episodes. Uh, and Maury's writing is really great about dealing with uh, usually some sort of moral issue or something. Uh, is also in his short story writing. Uh, there's a lot of humanity in his writing. Uh, again, I don't know what we'll see in this episode. It's a little bit different, uh, different speed on this episode, I think. Yeah, but we should say early and often, you know, two of the big principles in this, in the form of Richard Martin and Maury Ravinsky, friends of the show, we adore them as a general concept. So everything we say uh, about this episode is said with much love and respect for perhaps other things they've done. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's talk about listen back to our interview with Maury Ravinsky. In yes, our, at our the time. gathering. That's right. Uh, this episode has some guest stars. We've got Andrew Bicknell as Devon Merrick. Uh, this guy's been in lots, including the ferry boat captain in The Dark Knight. How about that? Oh, nice. Shit. Of which oh, shit, yeah. ferry? Oh, the one that had the, the one with the prisoners or the one with the civilians, you're saying? Yeah. I don't know. Give it just to said, me. It just said ferry captain. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm going to do what you should have done a long time ago. Humanity. You're alone. <laughs> good like stuff. That That's a good movie. Great. Ooh, weird side note. Did I tell you I rewatched the first Tim Burton Batman recently? No. no. That's a great movie. I love that movie. What were you going to say about it? Uh, well, a few things. Last time I saw it, I felt like I was a little down on it. I liked it more this time. I'm obsessed with Jack Palance's performance in that movie. Is <laughs> just kind of the best thing ever. He's uh, like a Dick Tracy villain in that. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I've probably seen that movie in my lifetime, like probably two dozen times, if I had to guess. And this is the first time I ever realized that how much product placement there is in the first three minutes of that movie. There's literally like an American Express ad in the dialogue in the first three minutes of the movie. <laughs> nice. And I was losing my goddamn mind, especially because like it's already had all these establishing shots of this like kind of timeless art deco universe. And then they start talking about Amex. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Awful, awful, awful. Interesting. How about that? Ooh. Number one. Okay. It's so good. It's pretty during, good. During quarantine, I got uh, Robert Wall's autograph. No way. Yep. Where'd you see him? Or did you, just, or did you purchase this? I purchased it indirectly by donating to a charity. Yeah. One, of the, one of the perks was getting Robert Wall's autograph. So I have a picture of him from Arliss. Arliss? Wonderful. 
And it just says, Eamon, thanks for helping. Robert oh, Lowell. It's personalized and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. That's right. All right. Very good. Very good. Now you know. I'll be framing that and putting it up in my home at some mm. point. Do you think he's going to make a cameo in the new Batman movie or the new uh, uh, Flash movie? Mm. That, that would be great. It he would be great. I love wall. Love yeah. me some wall. That's right. <laughs> that right. goes a wall. This episode also guest stars uh, Luke Da Silva as uh, Abel Montoya and Julius Da Silva as Ruben Montoya. So I guess they got real brothers uh, to play brothers. Brothers! Your brothers. Uh, And finally, this episode guest stars Adam Henderson as Shemp. Uh, This guy was uh, Fuppy in Judge Dredd. Perfect, why not? That's what it was listed as. I tried to find out who... Who the character was. My only guess, because it's the 90s Judge Dredd movie, is that Fuppy is a portmanteau or something of uh, future yuppie. That was my guess. Huh? All right, I buy that. I, I like have that. no idea. I have no idea who the character is. Uh, but who knows? Anyway, uh, he was also Captain Strong in one episode of Dragon Ball Z, and he's done lots of other guest spots, including uh, Arrow and the man in uh, the High Castle. So Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So those are the guest stars I've written down. Uh, there we go. Very good. All right. Are you guys ready for the IMDb episode description? Ooh, it's Let's been a while. It. Hit me. Duncan's date is kidnapped to lure him into a deadly game. He must rescue her before any of uh, Immortal Merrick's hired killers can find and kill him. That's actually fairly to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, all right. All I, right. Got, I got less mm. to say about this one than I assumed I would. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> straight ahead. Might be the most to-the-point IMDb description we've had maybe ever. In a while. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into this. So this episode starts off at the barge. It's 3 a.m. Max in a tux. His lady's all dressed up. And he's making, like, snacks? It's like sushi time? This is so weird. I just, I don't know what they've been doing, but they were at the opera, apparently. Which lasted well into the night, maybe. Well, I, who knows? But... What has Mac been doing that he does not take off his bow tie until this moment? Yeah, it's not even I'm unbuttoned. Like, yeah, and like they, and she's still like in a cocktail dress. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so strange. Like, it's set as though it's three a.m. and like they both have been home for a long time and just got in from yep. directly from the opera. And it's like snack time, and it's like, did did Duncan make sushi, <laughs> or did he order it? hours ago and it's been waiting in the fridge i i don't know it's i have so many questions about this also like i didn't really get a good look at the barge but i'm like is he back to like normal barge like remember when he was very like minimalist that's right he just seems to be back to like season one he's not inviting girls back to minimalist barge no right i'm just they're not they're not gonna be impressed with that is all that character growth just gone it's now? Gone. It's well, gone. I don't know, Eamon. How many people do you think he kills in this episode? Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's all that. Right. So then we get some, uh, I guess there's a little deception here. It turns out that uh, his lady friend does not like the opera. And she was just trying to impress Mac. Right. Which I was thinking, it's like, I, I guess so. It's like, because Mac's a dude who's not very chill. And like this woman feels like she has to like like the opera for Mac to like her back. Uh, it was kind of how I was reading this at the time. I was like, huh, that's weird. Like Mac's not cool about shit. Oh, we got to go to the opera. It's All a right. good a good foundation for a relationship. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, so then, then he calls Mac the question in... like, oh, did you mean the Louvre was you know a lie too? 
Yeah, did you actually like that Syrah exhibit? Mm. You said it was your favorite artist. But I guess all this stuff is supposed to kind of come back later, I think. Like, is this supposed to be like some breadcrumbs that she did deceive him a bit? Foreshadowing, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of lame. I mean, if it is, it's kind of lame. Like, watching this in the moment, I was just like, oh, she likes Duncan and, you know, fibbed a little bit because she likes him. Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty harmless. Yeah. it's like telling your partner that they cooked a good dish. Uh-oh. <laughs> when they didn't. They usually do, I'm sure. Right. Anyway, so there's a knock on the barge door uh, at three in the morning. All right. Yeah. I want to talk <laughs> about this. Yes. What? Let's. So Go ahead, Eamon. There's no buzz. Like, Mac would have heard a buzz, obviously. So, like, okay, fine. It's not an immortal. But right. he lets his, like, lady friend answer the door door to the barge at three in the fucking morning he tries to go for it and she's like oh i'll just get it yeah who I mean, who comes to a barge at three in the morning no I one no could. one yeah no one is, not, yeah if someone at, knocks on your door at 3 a.m you do not answer that door under just about any circumstances <laughs> yeah. right and at least don't let your like lady friend do it and also like Mac is constantly under attack. <laughs> like, yes, yes. What if she opens the door and somebody just blows her away? <laughs> yeah, but like Mac seems like totally casual about this. Spoiler alert, as has already been uh, described in some detail, she is deceiving him in some way. So maybe her eagerness to open the door is related to that. But Mac's right. reaction still makes no sense. Of just like, oh, like, oh I'll could. get it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll I'll open the door for whatever person is here. Like, and what's the other side is, the person on the other side is like s- screaming, asking you if you have like Narcan or something. Why are you going to answer this door? Right. I don't get it. So there's like a, ah! And so, so Mac looks back and she's gone. It's like a yeah. cartoon. Uh, and so Mac goes to investigate and uh, she is being kidnapped. Uh, although when Mac leaves the door, he gets fucking hit in the head with a baseball bat well, instantly. Yeah. These, I was so confused by who these goons were because they're like the one that's highlighted is in par- like some kind of paramilitary kind of gear, and he's armed with a baseball bat and a submachine gun. <laughs> like I feel like the same person doesn't bring both of those two weapons to a fight. Those are different fights that different people <laughs> are showing up for. Yeah, one's a fight with a baseball on a diamond, and yes. <laughs> one is one is indeed America's pastime, and the other is murdering people with a submachine gun. AKA America's other pastime. <laughs> other pastime. Oh, <laughs> pow, pow, pow. There it is. Uh, okay, so she gets kidnapped, she drives away, and then Mac hears like music box music, uh, like little tinkling, tinkling sounds. Is that what I don't know? Uh, and he looks down, yeah. and there's a spinning like red knight uh, music box. Uh, and he flips it over, and underneath it, what does it say underneath? Karam Toys. Karam Toys. So that's the clue. Ah, uh, the mystery is afoot. It will be solved instantly. Uh, instantly. This instantly. Not really so mystery. that's it. That's the cold. That's the cold open. Exciting. <laughs> the only thing we forgot to mention is after sometime between Mac getting batted in the face and them shooting at him with a submachine gun, he dives, and there's <laughs> yeah, this I, I terrible gonna... <laughs> looking slow mo where he's like. Whoa. and i was like what was this for did the episode just run short like <laughs> i just want to mention another thing that happened is when they're uh in the barge you know having sexy time uh 
she's like, oh, like, you know, let's get the mood ready for sexy stuff. And the, the door, you know, someone knocks on the door and she's like, I'll get the door, you light the candles. And so Mac then lights like candle a thousand of 999. All the candles are lit except for like one. And it's one. like, I better go light the candles. It's like, this place is probably filled with smoke. There's so many candles lit. It's, anyway. a, it's a straight up fire hazard. <laughs> On YouTube, I watched this episode on YouTube um, for everybody. Likewise. And uh, all the comments were like, uh, Adrian Paul would have made a great James Bond. He he's wearing a tux. Oh, because he's wearing a tux. He's wearing a tux. I'm sorry. I love Adrian Paul. <laughs> he would not have been a good James Bond. I'm sorry. He just wouldn't. He wouldn't have been. Sorry. But how would he, <laughs> wow. he compare to Pierce Brosnan? Or uh... I feel like he's the most Pierce Brosnan would be like the closest Pierce Brosnan's also my least favorite bond. I oh. agree with that. I, I think I put him below literally everyone. I, I would too. Interesting. Uh, I just, he looks, he looks good. I just don't think Adrian Paul would make a good bond. Did, he you, looks real did you make good. sure to let those people on YouTube know your thoughts with a comment mm, of your own? Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, that's All in bad. caps. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> Okay, so now we cut into the episode proper. Act one, we are now at the Devon Merrick building. This is the uh, titular Black Tower. Uh, you get some Dutched angles and stuff. Uh, there's security cameras everywhere. And so like the footage is all like artificially pixelated uh, to make it look like it's computerized or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. and when one, you say security one... cameras everywhere, you literally mean security cameras at heights and angles at which you would never put a security camera. There are it's security like, cameras on the floor, floor in this episode. Yeah, yeah it's, let's just have a security camera like at chest height in the middle of a room. <laughs> and like... these are big security cameras too. They're like camcorder sized. Uh, it's... And also camcorders are like security cameras did not look all pixelated like this uh back then like they looked like tape like yeah they looked like tape it wouldn't have looked too much different than this episode uh so there we go <laughs> like That's maybe fun. just make it rougher tape like yeah yeah because you can do like on it or just show it on the screen put the border there you know yeah because you could do the slow recording speed, the fast recording speed. I think all security cameras used to use the slower recording speed just so you could get more on the tape. Like, you're Look at good. This. We were talking Betamax at the beginning. Now we're talking. Uh, I thought we were talking beta just... males at the beginning of the tape. Can I revise, oh. can I revise my comments? I'm an alpha. Yeah, clearly. I'm did an anyone, uh, <laughs> did anyone catch, oh boy, did anyone catch the name of the, the company? Carom no. Toys? Yeah, anyone uh, get where that comes from? Comes from? No. Is, is it Karam Merrick backwards? It is. Is that oh, that's yeah, all yeah. it is? No, okay. did, that's what it is. That, so that's yeah. our K name, Merrick, but it's backwards. Merrick. Mm. Woo! <laughs> so uh, Mac goes into the Black Tower and is met almost instantly with uh, Merrick holding a gun to his date's head. Womp, Kevin womp. Merrick. And this is <laughs> the lead up to the clip we started the episode with. Right. Where Merrick kind of introduces, sort of, kind of, if you squint, like the premise of what is about to happen, where he has a legion of doom that is going to, I guess, hunt Mac throughout this building. Right. Well, so he now we. Does I don't know what. Right. So now we get our first flashback to let us know, like, hey, who is this, this cat Merrick, right? And so we flash back to 1634 in Scotland. And so this dude is running through the forest. Uh, and he's being chased with like a dude with a sword and there's a buzz and they get in like a scuffle. Uh, 
So this Merrick is chasing this dude through the forest, ends up getting stabbed, uh, and Mac shows up on a horse like in the aftermath of this to find Merrick stabbed on the ground, and this other dude runs away. We don't know what the fight was about or anything like that. So what else happens it's here? Cryptic. Yeah. I, I, which is a complaint I have with all of these the flashbacks in this. By the way, are we basically going to watch this entire flashback again with like a with like a starting slightly earlier? Yes. Yes. Very bad. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, "Hey, what the fuck are you looking at, Duncan?" <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say Duncan though. Yeah. Right. So he, he asked Duncan. Savage. That's right. Uh, so he wants Duncan's help, and Duncan is like, "I think you're dead, man." Uh, so this guy dies, and then Mac fucking buries him in, in like the, the world's shower of- <laughs> shallowest grave. <laughs> yeah, Mac legitimately thinks this man is dead. Uh, and still buries him at a height when, like, you know, he's going to be eaten by foxes or, like, various yeah, other animals. Maybe that's what Mac wants. He's like, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, my nose fell. Anyway, uh, so this guy ends up waking up like a zombie. And then Mac is like, oh, duh, I get it now. He's like, Connor told me about this, that, like, I would have, like, know when someone's immortal, even if they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we're supposed to differentiate. This is the first. Mac is still, like, a new immortal. And so this is the first, like pre pre immortal he's ever met so his buzz is different and he's finally i guess realizing what that buzz feels like yes i was confused by this at first i was like wait a minute but they explain it in short order right. so i had to cross out a section of my notes mm-hmm. uh so and he's like why would you bury me i wasn't i wasn't dead <laughs> right and max like fuck you yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a version of this episode where it ends right here, and it's like Mac buried someone alive for 400 years because he didn't realize they were immortal, and then they got out and want revenge. He, there you go. Yeah. Um, full, um, full stop. Full stop. Way more into that. We're maybe, excited, been... maybe it's not 400 years. Maybe it's like, I don't know. It could be any length of time. 10 years. One year sounds per- terrible. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awful. That is grounds for revenge. Yep, I've been stuck uh, in my house for six months. Yeah, awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, and, and you have the internet. Imagine being just buried in dirt. Yeah, that uh, guy doesn't have any memes or anything. None. Zero. <laughs> no he, Melania Trump wore a lime green dress, and he doesn't even get to have fun with that. <laughs> I know. He can't, like, project something on there. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's yeah, our... In- oh, sorry. Yeah, go. But uh, then when Mac is describing the buzz, there's this insane music cue, and Merrick goes, ah, what you sensed was greatness right. <laughs> and then it like cuts back to the present <laughs> so Ugh. this is our introduction to merrick and we know instantly that he's just like a piece of shit kind of a racist like he doesn't like duncan just because he's scottish uh yeah this guy this guy's no good uh so we cut back to the pre- uh the present and now we get the introduction of i guess the the goon squad or whatever uh oh, the, the, his his uh his gang of goons this is what a cast of characters they assembled. Yep. Oh, and Merrick, when he come, cuts back, he's like, I told you I would accomplish great things. And Max, like, you own a toy company. Great. Like, what? What? Mac doesn't <laughs> like toys? I guess not. What about that Robin Williams movie? I kind of love that movie. That's his least favorite toys. Toy. I saw that movie in the theater. Me too. And I was a child, and I didn't know what the fuck I watched. It's a, it's a crazy movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really, I kind of really like that movie. It has such like a weird offbeat vibe to it. Uh, 
I have to watch it again. I, have, yeah, I, I have not seen that movie since I was an early teenager, I'd wager. And that's a, what's his no. name movie? Uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Um, uh, directed Adam's Family. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld? Yes, Barry Sonnenfeld, I believe. Mm. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I like his style and like his visual flair. And he's got a really quirky sense of humor. Uh, directed some of my favorite movies. He also did The Tick, which is great. The uh, the first or the second Tick show, the non first live action Tick show. It is. It was directed by Barry Levinson. Oh, Barry Levinson! I got them confused. Barry Levinson. Two Barrys. Two Barrys. I forgot LL Cool J was in that movie. That's right. He likes his uh, his meals compartmentalized. The peas, right? He's like a whole speech about how he doesn't want the peas like infiltrating like the mashed potatoes. It's very funny. The peas. The peas. Okay. The peas. Uh, so who are we introduced to here? We've got... The uh, Butchers of Basque. That's right. The Brothers Montoya. Mm-hmm. So like... 57 successful kills. Which is so weird to me that he's like bragging about their kill-death ratios. Like, is nuts. At, also, like, over like 14 years, right? Or something like that? It's like Mac fucking Ice's 57 dudes like in a, a season. Week, in yeah. a season. Like... <laughs> No I big don't know. deal. 57 people is still a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. For like professional assassins. I mean, I don't know how much you know money you pull down per assassination, but you got I imagine they're doing okay. Sure. And then we got like So are they I missed the the butcher of Basque shtick. Are they like supposed to be like separatists in Spain or something? Or they just happen to be Spanish? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Are they killing Basques? And that's why they're butcher of Basque? Oh. Don't know. Good question. That's a a rich backstory. I do do kind of appreciate that each of these, like, each of the goon squad seems to be, like, a character. Yes. Like, each of them does have some sort of affect. Like, it's these these two brothers that are Spanish and, like, I don't know. And then there's these, uh, although I don't know if the, the Spanish thing is just a shortcut to some sort of affect. Uh, but then there's like the wild, like the wild card, who's this like Southern American dude, uh, who's William like, Robert Shemp. Right. Shemp. Also, is his shirt have a weird pattern on it, or is he just dirty? I don't know. Good question. Like the whole time, like it's his shirt either looks like it's like the world's laziest camouflage, or he's just been rolling in mud. I don't know which it is. <laughs> and I'm just like, is this like a real dig at the American South? Is that what's going on here? So Merrick decides to kick off the game and he's like, all right, here are the rules. You've got 60 seconds and uh, we're just going to hunt you down. Like this is the deadliest game and uh, go. (laughs) And so he starts counting down from 60 and Mac just stands there while the goons like cock their guns. And when does Mac start running? At what number? Like 30. (laughs) One. One. He he leaves at one. Uh, So cool, I guess. Weird. Weird choice. I I'm gonna say this, and this might be controversial, but Uh-oh. I I like this setup. Really? Yes, I think this is a cool like '80s action movie type idea for an episode. And I don't I don't think the characters go far enough. Like I think these characters should be like crazier than they are. I 100% agree with you, Eamon. Yeah, like they should have really like amped it up and gotten better actors for these characters and like. But I think like this is a good action concept that ultimately isn't delivered upon. Mm. 
Interesting. I have some thoughts on it. I half agree with you. Uh, I think I I'll, also I'll talk about some of that stuff you, at the, we'll, the end. We'll keep it in the chamber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, now we cut to the control room, and this this dude Dice is up there, kind of running the show. The Dice, dice. Man. The Dice hey, Man. Did anyone feel hickory, like Dice? Hickory duck. <laughs> Did anyone Duncan feel like? Can suck my cock. <laughs> 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 Sorry, these uh, are Andrew Dice Clay. Good. These are Andrew uh, Dice Clay jokes, right? That's what's happening. Yikes! Yep. Uh, did anyone feel like Dice was Boris from GoldenEye to bring back the? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. He absolutely. Wait. That's right. I yeah. am invincible. Invincible. Good old Alan Cummings. Yeah. Woof. Mister. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name from the Flintstones? Not <laughs> Mixel Pluluk. Uh. Oh, is he um the Great Gazoo? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Is in, that in the, the second sequel, in, in oh, Rock God. Vegas or whatever it is? Rock wow. Vegas? What a performance. It's rough to watch. Is he a cartoon or do they just paint him green? Uh, his face is painted green and superimposed on a very poorly animated CGI alien body. It is awful to look I at. Have, I have to see this now. Yeah, it's very bad. Uh, but I love Alan Cummings. He's great. Yeah. I didn't know the Gazoo was in a movie. That was my uh, Facebook profile picture for a long time. Yeah. Look at that. Gazoo. The great Gazoo. Because it's just how into old school Hanna Barbera you are. Love it. Just like <laughs> how profoundly stupid that character was. <laughs> yeah. Aiden, I uh, I saw a shirt that made me think of you the other day. Ooh. Somebody took all of the weird Hanna Barbera superheroes mm -hmm. and like made like a, a fake comic book cover with all of them on it. Uh, and like ooh. the art's actually really good and like damn super modern looking and like space ghost is right up front and like man's hanging in the back it's actually awesome i might have to seek that out that sounds right up my alley i love all those superheroes even though all those cartoons are like awful awful <laughs> truly awful very bad but i like them how's uh is great Ape in there great no great babe he's not a superhero like, make him one that's true. true maybe he's a villain like grod <laughs> he's the he's the original gorilla grod that's right wally gator yep the comic could even be called the grape escape come on <laughs> there you go yeah. keith you missed your calling i did it's true to name comics uh also did uh you guys notice uh why did, did you guys notice uh, apparently dice the actor uh was an uncredited guard in episode one a naboo guard Oh, wow. Shit. Uh, wow. Uh, he, he's a Nubian guard. <laughs> yeah. Actually, and I did have a question. How do you guys say the name of that planet? Naboo. I say Naboo. Naboo, not Naboo. Yeah. I think you would find support for that. And I'm pretty sure at least one per character says Naboo in that movie. Right. But other people say Naboo. Yeah. But they the also Gungans. say they also say Gungans. <laughs> Gungan. That's the like that's where the new Star Wars movies fail because in all the original Star Wars movies like like there's not consistent pronunciation on all these made up things like somebody says princess leah right <laughs> <laughs> like <sighs> they got they got acting lessons from uh what's his name from superman uh oh my god chris reeves no krypton krypton <laughs> oh marlon marlon brando marlon brando, brando. I'm blanking yeah marlon brando Krypton. Must leave Krypton. It's like no Krypton. <laughs> Krypton. Uh, I love I love that movie, the first Superman movie. I like parts of that movie. I do too. My I think my problem is I did not see that movie for the first time when I was young. Me neither. Uh, 
I think I was I think I was 22 the first time I saw that movie. And the first Superman movie I saw was Superman Quattro. I um, love oh. I love that movie. I know I, it's bad, I loved it too, but... and it's uh, it, I still have a soft spot in my heart for that movie. That's with the radioactive Superman. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Solar Man or whatever they call them. It's a bad movie, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't it back bankrupt Canon Studios or Canon I believe, Films? I believe it did. Nuts. Superman, Duncan McLeod. This episode. I have to sneeze. Oh, my back. (laughs) Are you okay, buddy? We've all been there. I meant to say uh, at the opening of the episode, uh, when I had to push my car uh, in the heat for a block, I woke up this this morning and my back really hurt. Uh, So that sneeze did me in. So anyway, so Dice is up there in the control room. Be like, oh, like, I don't understand why we have to do like a computer simulation, like, or a simulation. Like, why can't I just build a a program that does this or whatever? Uh, And Merrick is like, no, we need this to be as like close to light. I'm like, what? What What are they doing? What game are they making that they need to do this? So a weird jury rigged part of this episode that they never make work. This character, Dice, is supposed to be, like, the game master in some way. He thinks that he is, like, orchestrating this simulation and, like, organizing, like, the contract killers against Mac. But it's all fake in some way. And that, like, that is the game that they are playing for some reason. But why does he, like, what, they never explain what they think he is doing. Like, like do, or what he thinks he is doing and why he thinks he's doing it. Like, they never explain what he thinks the point is. Yeah. Like, so what I think is happening is, like, they're, like, testing a video game. Idea. Right. But, like, video game seems to make the most sense. But why but... would he need to be... But, but then what is he doing? Why is he communicating with people and, like, adjusting elevators and, like, why I, I would he know. be doing that? That doesn't and make any sense. Does he think the people with the guns have blanks? Yeah, or I like, think that I think he does, he's supposed think. to think that he thinks that all of that is like for pretend, but I don't know why he thinks that either because shit's like exploding and getting shot right. left and right. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. None, no sense at all. Right. So he's watching this. So he cut to like the stairwell, and there's this chase of foot. So Mac is just running down the stairs uh, as these four goons chase him. Uh, and like Dice is like, oh yeah, like that's that's hot. He says he's like that's worth bonus points. I'm like bonus points, points. for what? Yeah, they keep what? on making references to points and lives and all this stuff, and it's like, <laughs> like, what what is this game? What do you think is happening? Also, you could do all of this just on paper. Like if this is all just about what choices would somebody make, this is Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. I mean, yeah, like I would say we've all played that game. We haven't all played that game, but I've played that game, and I'm sure many of our listeners have. <laughs> Roll the dice. Give him more power. Roll yeah. the dice. <sighs> level up. All right. So now we cut uh, to another level. We're in the garage. Garage. Uh, and so the, the guns gar- are chasing Mac. They can't find him anywhere down here. Uh, they also don't seem to do a good job of looking for him. <laughs> no, they just kind of wander around. It's completely dark. They don't like look under the cars or what. And they're just like, I guess he's not here and leave. Uh, it's like, okay. But the, the baseball get- bat guy finds him. Right, so he's like hiding behind a grate. (laughs) Eamon, in in the better 80s version of this that that you've envisioned, uh, what is this character's name and shtick? Baseball bat guy. Baseball bat guy. So he's going to be called the Louisville Slugger. Uh Love it. I'm into it already. 
and he hunts his his foes down and like shoots them in the leg or something and the coup de gras is always smacking them in the head with a baseball bat i'm into this i think does he have does he have a catchphrase at all like grand slam or you're out of here or better up or striker the touchdown any of that stuff right (laughs) just a bunch of sports no Uh, or it would be better though if he had a bow and arrow and he like shoots people in the legs with like a bow and arrow and then he smashes them in the head with the baseball bat oh so it's like it's a crossbow bat kind of combo Ooh, that would be cool i'm into that because you could have it he could dual wield at that point yeah yeah, that'd be good. It's good stuff. He's like, I just need to get you into the strike zone. <laughs> and then <laughs> kabloomers. So Mac ambushes this dude out of the grate, right? Because this guy's like investigating. And so Mac surprises Ooh, him. This is a true Batmac right here. It's, I was so excited for this. I was like, this is going to be a Batmac scene, isn't it? And sure enough, it delivered. Uh, so Batmac gets this goon. Uh, of course, the other guys like hear it, so they go like they come back into the garage, end up shooting Mac in like the shoulder. Yeah. So he goes back into the stairwell. We're now back in the stairwell again. Uh, and did anyone catch what this ADR is? There's some weird ADR here, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Mac is like only if they get here fast. But I can't tell what they're in response to. Like, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't tell what the goon said, and it wasn't in like the online transcript. Uh, well, at one point episode. he says like. He's, he's going up the stairs, which we just saw. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I have two questions that we've moved slightly, slightly past, but I just want to flag them before sure. they're apropos of nothing. The first off, this is where shortly before this is where we got the line about getting beta maxed. What on earth did that mean? Does that mean like they're going to be obsolete? Oh, good question. Good like, question. I'm not sure why he says that sentence. I think this episode is full of a lot of just techno jargon. (laughs) You know, like like that hip techno jargon. Which is like honestly (laughs) still a trope today. Like, I don't know. Anytime someone still like has to hack into a thing, I am just like, Like everybody uses computers. Computers don't beep like that. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Also, like, they cut back to, to Dice while this is happening. He's like, oh, damn. And he just starts typing furiously. And I'm like, what are you typing? typing. A new premise for the episode? episode. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. It's I don't so know. baffling. Yeah. I'm typing, honey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's one. So then, Two. oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Second question. What does this toy company make? It seems like they make like really old fashioned toys right. that no modern child would want to play with. But then there are video game posters. There, yeah, like there's and, like and a an sta- entire Kinex like roller there's coaster. There's like a Kinex thing in front of the like. Is it a toy store, not a toy maker? Because it's like the, there's like a giant Kinex setup on like it even the reception says Kinex. desk. It says yeah. Kinex. At one point, Mac runs past a like life size Crash Bandicoot standing. <laughs> yeah. There's Which I guess shout out to uh, yeah, yeah shout out to a friend of the show Joe Pearson who yeah. I think was instrumental in the design of that character absolutely that's right uh, but it's just like what do you, what does this company do what's it about like yeah. is it a weird tech company does it just sell this shit I don't who know knows? but like the, the all the toys that are like focused that we know Karam like makes are like Eamon said like ooh in the 1890s my papa got this from me right. It was like a tin, yeah, like music box. 
Also, that, like, by the way, when Mac picked up that fucking tin music box, he like threw it to the ground and it shattered, shattered. instantly. It's like this guy makes like cheap ass shoddy shit. That shit would probably cut a child too. Yeah, almost definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, those are my last two things before we move on. So. Oh, great. No, we're going to get bogged down in probably a whole bunch of stuff. So at this point... I mean, uh, people have been waiting for this for a while, so this will be a long one. I guess so. So uh, Mara comes back on the uh, intercom, and I guess, like, there's a screen or something that Matt can see. I don't know. He's like, you've got a choice, dude. He's like, you can go save the girl for 10,000 bonus points, or you can leave and get all your lives back, they say. And then they electronically open the front door. Like, there's your exit. And I'm just like, once again, the game lingo in this. I'm like, wait a minute. Saving the girl is bonus points? So it's not, like, crucial to the story? So just leave. You win the game. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Again, once again, I don't know what the game is. Like, what is that? And what do they – do they kill her if he leaves? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not a a good move to leave. Uh, But, like, I just don't understand what the premise of the game is. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Like, she's not bonus point. She's the the objective of the game, right? Yeah. I don't know. And you know he's going to stay, right? If you you laid this whole trap, you know who Mac is. You know he's going to stay. So what's... Even Merrick, like, put, uh, like, hangs a lantern on that at some point. I think he says, like, oh, well, you always know what the heroes are going to do. Like, he's definitely going to... It's like, yeah, okay. Like, so strange. Anyway. Yeah. Ugh. So he Max smashes the TV monitor because he's upset about this. But of course, when he smashes the TV, it also smashes the camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the camera goes out in the control room. It's like he didn't smash the camera; he smashed eh. the TV. <sighs> That's so Classic. weird. And they also Classic. there's no camera above weird the TV. Trope. Like they can't see yeah. him. Like well, whatever. Anyway, yikes! Blurred. She's on level G seven, McLeod. <laughs> Uh-huh. So yeah, let's so, talk about this G seven. So, Kyle, go ahead. Oh well, but, he get he gets in the elevator, and I guess now it's like, oh, the game is afoot because Dice controls the elevator, and is like directing him to where like the brothers Karamazov are or whatever they're dealing. Right. Uh, but weirdly, like you know, he try, decides to try to escape the elevator the goons don't start shooting at the elevator until the doors are already open and it's obvious there's no one inside. <laughs> like, they, like, just wait, show too much. It's not like they start shooting as soon as the doors start opening. Like, they literally wait multiple beats in which it's very obvious Mac is not in the elevator. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah, uh, I have I've other questions about this, too. Because, one, like, is Merrick lying? He tells Mac that his girlfriend is on level G7. And I also, one... What is G7? Is it level? Like, how big game, is this building? Game, game 7? seven? Game 7. What? G7? What's is the it, G? Uh, I, is... I don't know. Uh, but, like, what's, what's the point of the game? Why tell him where she is? Like, I wondered if that was a deception that, like, oh, we're telling you she's on G7, so you'll get off on that floor, and we'll have a trap waiting for you. Is that true? Also, no, by the I way, think, I, think it, I think it's part of the game. It's like, okay, here's what you're trying to go. See if you can get there. And then they interfere with his ability to get there. Like see, he gets that, in the this, elevator. So then they redirect him. See, that's, I'm not sure. I think they stopped the elevator on G7. Because when they cut to Mac and Mac keeps hitting the button 13. And I was like, oh. is Mac trying to get, and I assume that the control room is on the top floor. And I was like, well, Mac's trying to get to 13. Now, I, I have no idea. Very confused. 
Uh, also, uh, at one point, there's more security camera footage inside the uh, the elevator with, with Mac, like, shaking it to get it down. And when he's shaking it, you can see out the elevator door. <laughs> like, there's, it's just open. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Uh, Amazing. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess Dice is getting worried about this situation or whatever. And Mac goes, like, climbing up the elevator shaft, right? Yes. Uh and of course, Dice is furiously typing. They cut back and Dice is like, oh no. And they cut back to him typing and it is a blank screen. <laughs> so for me, one of my biggest criticisms of this episode, I'll say this now is, because I, I want to, I guess I'll point out when it happens. This episode feels cheap as shit. This yes. is one of the cheapest episodes I think we've ever seen. The flashback, Kyle, you've mentioned that it's just kind of an extended flashback, like we basically keep flashing back to the same scene kind of, and it's in the forest, which is like kind of cheap filmmaking 101. Uh, again, no, 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 not slamming Richard Martin for this or whatever. Uh, but like these, there's clearly a bunch of constraints on this episode. And likewise, like the computer screen being blank, like at this time they would digitally go back in and put in computer screens. So you didn't get like the lines or whatever. Uh, so you can see that the budget is so small for this episode that they actually didn't go in and replace the screens in every shot. Probably because they thought these shots went by pretty quick. Maybe no one will notice. We noticed. Uh, yeah. But it just, it just feels really shoddy. Uh, and it's like borderline a bottle episode. Cause it's all in like shot clearly in like one office building. Mm -hmm. It's all shot in one office building, the standing set of the barge, and a forest. That's yeah. it. Those and the obviously, they're scenes. moving around the office building to get some, you know, variety. Uh, but it, it, this doesn't feel like it has much scope at all, uh, including the time period. I mean, this, is, this takes place in one night. So, yeah. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say one night, uh, but we'll get to that, I guess, uh, later. So, we'll see how long this takes. Um, yeah, so that's that. Ugh. So... Uh, Mac then gets his secret, his first of many secret weapons, which is a broom. He gets himself a stick and uh, is now ready to, to fuck up some goons. Yep. Uh, oh, also, here's another thing, not to keep revisiting this elevator thing. Uh, the goons go into the elevator and they're like, uh, we don't know where he went. The, 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 the ceiling is open. Open, like, yeah. It's, it's like, what do you mean you don't know where he went? Up shoot him get him like yeah. i don't get it uh also merrick is so upset like he's so pissed that mac escaped this elevator thing and i'm just like why why are you pissed like i thought this was this whole plot was to torture mac like i'm just gonna put you through hell and you're gonna be in my like rat maze and it's i'm inevitably gonna kill you but you're gonna have to just like run for your life for hours uh before the inevitable so like why is he pissed uh like if he i don't know like either just kill him or this is the game, right? I don't understand. Uh, also, it's like, these guys aren't, the goons don't seem to know mm -mm. that you need to decapitate Mac. No. So, like, they're never really going to kill him anyway. Right. Like, I mean, presumably the... Merrick would show up later to finish the job. But th this also leads me to believe that, like, Merrick would also be happy if Mac got killed over and over and over again. Sure. And then Merrick will show up at some point and finish it off. I don't know. It's, it's just strange. I can't figure out the motivations uh, for some of these characters. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But uh, is this where we get the uh, extended flashback now? Yeah, so we get, a, uh, yeah. we get another flashback. And so we're just extending what we saw before. We, and <laughs> Yeah, they, they digitally insert uh, 
like pixelated footage of the forest into a monitor on Dice's screen and then you like zoom into it. Right. And now we just get to find out why that chase we saw earlier was happening. Yes. Eamon, why was this chase happening? Uh, a, 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 a homeless looking guy <laughs> like tries to shoot a deer that's yeah, he's tied like a poacher. to a tree. Yeah, but the, the deer is tied up. Bait. Yeah. And then he people try to arrest him or kill him for poaching. Right. Oh, was that a bait or was that like a snare? Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, didn't think that question. hard about it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That like the poacher had set a trap, the trap triggered and now he's like going to go right. finish it off. Interesting. I, I thought know. it might have been uh, a trap, I guess. Well, I mean, Merrick's such a piece of shit that that actually does make sense like you know, under normal circumstances, that would be weird. But under this circumstance, that actually does make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, right. So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, let's go with that. I actually like that better. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's part of this that I like that we're not sure when this flashback takes place at the beginning of it. Like, there's no date or anything. I'm like, yeah. I assume this is around the same time. And it's only revealed when this chase, like, leaves the forest that it's like, oh, shit, this is actually what happened before uh, the first flashback, because we end up seeing Mac right up at the end. Uh, so I kind of like that, that it's like, oh, we get to see some context or whatever, but it is still kind of the same story. Uh, they're just kind of doling out the info slowly. Well, what I don't get is like, are they trying to say that Merrick like isn't, like I don't get the reveal. Like we already know Merrick's bad. Like are we supposed to sympathize with him in the first flashback or think he's funny? And now in this one, it's like, Oh no, he's actually a bad guy. Cause he like tried to kill this poacher. I'm like, I, that, that's my, that's my problem with this as well. Yeah. It's because it doesn't, my understanding of what happened here was not enriched by this. Right. Yeah. I'd be very curious to read the original draft of the script and see where this all came in through editing and the director. Uh, like what, what was that initial flashback just written as one whole thing? That makes way more that sense. That makes more sense. It's like, okay, I get that. Uh, but yeah, going like cutting it up like this doesn't make as much sense. Because yeah, as you said, Eamon, like we already know he's a bad guy. So that's a very good point. Mm. Yeah, we're not laboring under the, the illusion that he's misunderstood and has a heart of girl, gold. Like he seems like a real piece of shit. Yeah, he like constructed a like evil death trap for <laughs> McLeod. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I love... Uh, when or do we, do you have anything to say, Kyle, about this flashback? Oh, before just, we leave it? What is set up is that this guy is a poacher. He gets captured by Merrick and two guards, and then they decide to most dangerous game him, uh, and like they give him a head start. And Merrick's gonna hunt him down with a sword, apparently, right? Uh, as like his punishment for poaching. But lo, this other guy was a little wily. Got the drop on him. Ho ho. Oh, oh. And we can uh, see that part of it again. Right. Uh, so when we leave this flashback, I love this. So much like we went into it, it pulls out of the screen and Merrick is laughing at his own flashback. <laughs> I was like, he's laughing what? about his memory of being stabbed and chasing. It's like, what? Uh. I don't understand it. So then Mac, he goes into like a broom closet or whatever and he's, I'm like, what is this? So Makes a potion? <laughs> Yeah, so now it's like, I don't know, <laughs> Beaker's, Beaker's uh, science lab or whatever. And he starts mixing shit. A little of this, a little of that. He, and he, also, and he starts he, foaming and frothing. He smells one of these chemicals. He puts his nose up to it. 
Mac knows enough about chemicals to make a bomb, but doesn't know enough about chemicals that you should never breathe them in directly through the nozzle. And like, also, it says what it fucking is on the outside. Well, he's got to see if it's fresh. <laughs> right? This is so strange. Uh, That's improvising, baby. Yeah, and so Ugh. then he gets like baking soda. I don't know. I have no idea what chemicals he's grabbing. Uh, he, pu- he puts an Alka-Seltzer also- into a, a bottle of Coke. Also, like, this seems like it's just a broom closet. Yeah. Like, what? why are there explosive chemicals in this closet? Well, I mean, I get that there'd be cleaning chemicals in a in a broom closet. I think that makes sense. Sure, but wh- why is there anything there that's capable of exploding? Well, I don't I don't know what you make to. I mean, definitely some cleaning chemicals are like toxic if you mix them, right? Yeah, like, I mix, know if you like mix mixes bleach like ammonium and bleach. Yeah, he can, like, like that's bad. That's where I thought he was going with it, but that is not. What I happens. thought he was going to just make some sort of concoction and throw it on people's eyes. <laughs> No, also, this, this like explodes later, like, like yeah, a like, bomb. Literally like a large bomb. Right. So let's talk about how he sets this little scheme up because I was <laughs> confused. Um, so he gets this all going. Oh, I'd also like to point out that like Mac is like very closely, like he's like little of this, a little of that. And then all of a sudden he just dumps them all in. It's like, is this funny? I don't, I don't no. know. I think they were like, we need to like, we need to <laughs> no. like find yeah, more things to do yeah. with this episode uh, to kind of pad it out. Cause I mean, it's just like action beat after action beat. So I think they're perhaps looking for stuff to enrich it all, uh, but it ends up kind of being goofy. Um, so anyway, Mac ties all this together and he puts like a tripwire. So the final like baking soda or whatever he's going to throw in this Alka-Seltzer is going to get dropped when somebody like trips the wire and then it will explode. So the goons are searching the hallway Mac locks the door right before they enter the broom closet, right? Mm-hmm. Then Mac is very quiet. The goons all leave, except this is the wild card Southern dude, Billy Bob, right? Shemp. Shemp. Uh, and for some reason, he decides to stick around. He's like, I don't know about this. And so Mac then crawls into a like crawl space that's under the floor. Uh, and this guy, oh, and then he like throws like a, I don't know, a tin or something to cause some ruckus. So this guy will then like come in and explore the broom closet and not the room with the light on. Uh, I don't know. This all just seems weird to me because like Max's entire plan, what if, what if the dude Shemp left? Well, I think- Like with the other guys. And then Mac would just throw a tin and then just keep hiding there and nothing would happen. I mean, I think that's true of most traps. Like if you don't, if they don't get tripped, you just sit there. But, I guess so. Well, I think also there's something a little weird going on here that I didn't quite understand where I believe, like, I think there's a, a, a prize for whichever goon ices Mac. Right. Because I'm pretty sure that like this of the, this of the three stooges um, sends the other guys away. Like yeah. he, he suspects oh. that he is there and says, no, no, no move along and then goes back and does it anyway. Right. Uh, so that would that makes sense in terms of like he wants the prize, right? Yes, though it was confusing to me as it happened. I don't think I was tracking that that's what was going on. Also, I think that's like an interesting dynamic that doesn't seem to be explored in this episode that these people are also all against each other. Like, I guess and they're all like criminals. Uh like when do they turn against each other because they want the million dollars? Never. The answer is never. Yeah, you'd think Mac would have a moment where he tries to turn them against each other. Right. Uh, I don't know. Brother versus brother. Yep. 
<laughs> also, just um, like the way it's filmed, like you don't really get a clear idea of like the layout or what's like supposed to happen, like where Mac is in relation to the other guy. It's all just kind of cut up, kind of weird, and I just found it ineffective. Yeah, <laughs> correct. So that guy also, explodes. Good. Also, I I will say. Merrick and Dice watch this fucker explode on TV uh, because they, they have, this is one of the instances where they have a camera on the floor to watch it all happen. <laughs> but like, they watch this shit happen. They let it happen. The camera's on the floor. Haven't they been watching Mac the entire time? Have Don't they, they know Mac, Mac went into that room? Then he left the room. Like, why aren't they on the radio saying like, guys, he's in this room. Like, isn't that how they have control over the game? You'd think it's, it's never clear with the exception of that one time they redirect the elevator or do whatever they did to the elevator. I, I I don't understand what it is that they are doing as part of this game because they don't even really seem like they're coordinating these guys. No, that's like the benefit to all these cameras. Also, when they cut back to dice, he's fucking around on a mixing board. He has a giant, and it looks like it's from like the late 60s or 70s. He has a giant mixing board that probably doesn't even work anymore that they trash picked. Uh, that it's like just a stand in for like electronics or something. And he's just like, what is he adjusting everybody's fucking gain and like the highs? Like the midsection's not coming out too well from the Hermanos. I, I don't know. It's pronounced air mono. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, means, it means brother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, uh, amazing. So, oh, they find out, uh, I guess Dice is like, there's fluctuations in the air conditioning. Air conditioning. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How are you? Like, the level of technology in this movie, like, or in this episode is either super, super high, but then they also make, like, chintzy, like, tin music boxes. Like, where are we technologically uh, at this toy company? I have no idea. It's so odd. And, like... It's like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that you don't have sensors to determine minor fluctuations in your individual air ducts. Right. And if you have that, like, why don't you have other technology that could make the situation work? I don't get sure. it. Sure. I don't get it either. He's in the air ducts. <laughs> uh, so then elsewhere in the building, Mac, like, smashes through the ceiling. Uh, and I'd like to point out, he comes out of, like, the ceiling, not out of an air duct, which he was crawling around in. So I don't know how he got out of the air duct into a ceiling. But also, Merrick and Dice are monitoring all of this, and they're like, hey, uh, the Montoya brothers, he's in the air ducts, while Mac is not in the air ducts. They know <laughs> this. They've watched him not be in the air ducts. So they, like, send their own goons to be like, you should probably check out the place he's not. What? Yeah. So then Mac in one of the strangest things I've ever seen, <laughs> as a distraction, grabs one of those like helicopter toys where you like pull the cord and a little dude flies with its like arms out. Yeah. So this guy is walking on the other side of a bookshelf, does <laughs> not know that Mac is there. Then Mac on the <laughs> other side of the shelf pulls the cord and the guy sort of sees it. He's like, huh, what's that? And then Mac just pushes the bookshelf on him. He does the thing he could have done the whole time. Right. It's so odd also the the shelf doesn't looks like you can see through it like mm -hmm. the shelf doesn't have enough stuff on it like the shelf looks like well, that's the guy the shelf should, is made of balsa wood. <laughs> yeah the guy just looks like he should just be able to see mac the whole time yeah yeah weird it's like one of those dragonfly toys do you remember those toys yeah mm -hmm. dragonflies flight is might <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, also, when Mac, like, they have a karate fight uh, after he throws the bookshelf on him. Mac's, like, broom handle breaks. Mac fucking stabs, stabs this guy in, in, the, in the, eye, the face. In the eye. <laughs> and it's like this, once again, like, I, I, in my notes, I was questioning, I was like, wait a minute, like, a few episodes ago, Mac was fighting with little batons because he was peaceful. A man of peace. And now he's stabbing fuckers' eyes out. How the mighty hath fallen. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's so, so strange. Uh, yep. Uh, by the way, I had a question for you guys. Uh, what is... Oh, so he doesn't take his gun. No. No. <laughs> what? Uh, what is uh, Mac's girlfriend's name? Anyone, anyone know that at this point? I don't... Margot? It is Margot. They mentioned yeah. it once. Uh, I was like, we still don't know this prop's name because uh, that's what she's used as uh, up until later in the episode. A prop. Uh, yep. So her name is Margot, uh, which I completely forgot until I had, like looked back in the very beginning. Uh, so that's not good. Nope. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's a bad character. Oh. Um, so then we get Carl Winslow, a la Die Hard. Yes. So tell us about just, this. A cop just kind of wanders up to the building and for reasons I don't understand, walks in. Is he a cop or a security guard? I figured he was a security guard, but I have a million questions about all of this. All like, of this. Tell us what happens. Well, if he was a security guard, he presumably works for Merrick. So, like, why is he here? Like, yeah. obviously, you don't schedule a security guard on the day you're going to unleash your death trap dungeon. Mm. Like, that's just not a thing you'd do. Right. So, well, but I, he's, like, testing the doors, and he finds one that's open, and, then, like, for some reason, this is suspicious. Yeah, and he just, just decides to walk in the building. Well, I mean, I, I think if you're a security guard and the building's closed and you're... Uh, right. Uh, uh. But <laughs> it makes no sense. All right, let's... <sighs> should, we, should we close the loop and say what happens to this yeah, guy? Yeah, let's, let's say what happens here. And then, Keith, whatever, whatever aneurysm you're about to have, I can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> um, so, Eamon, what happens to this jabroni? Uh, so, Merrick just comes down and, like, walks up to him and the guy just, he says, hello. I guess they didn't want to pay for the cop to have dialogue because he just like <laughs> looks at him and then Merrick points a gun on his face. The cop's expression doesn't change. And then he just shoots him point blank in the face. In the face. Macy, There's right two in the shots face. in the fucking face. And meanwhile, Dice is like, whoa, it's a bit late to introduce a new character, man. <laughs> so, all right, so. I assumed this guy was a security guard, not a cop, just because he's checking the door. And I feel like that seems to be a security guard sort of thing. So sure. like you said, Kyle, like, well, why is this guy here at work? Like what? And security, I, I understand having a security presence in a building that's empty or closed, right? Uh, but he's not on the inside. He's been just, he's just hired to be on the outside. So like, has this guy been, like his job is to walk around this building for hours hours just what i don't understand that uh, maybe he like patrol maybe it's part of like a whole office park and he like maybe. patrols the grounds okay know. but i do not understand merrick's response to this merrick comes down all he could say was oh hey i'm actually the fucking president of this company uh yeah. and i came in to do some work today sorry i left the door open thanks here's my credentials have a great day no questions asked. Just fucking lock the door. Instead, nope. he blows his fucking head off. Shoot him it right makes in the fucking face. It like, makes why? zero sense. Why? No clue. And now he has to explain why a cop died in his office building. 
and Dice is this is the first indication that Dice is like, wait a minute. <laughs> the first one. The first time. And I guess it's because this time the main guy gets his hands dirty. It, like in the simulation. Yeah. I, st- I still don't understand what Merrick's plan is. Like, like if, if this all goes well for Merrick, like one, everybody's going to have a, like, throw a fit on Monday when they come to work. Every office is covered, like, is just smashed to pieces and covered in brain matter from, like, various assassins. Like, it's a disaster. He's now murdered maybe a police officer or a security guard. Like, what the fuck? He's, he's done. Like, how is he going to, like, what's his plan after all of this? Like, yeah, like, presumably this is a business and, like, several offices have been shot up and blown up. So it's, like, paperwork is lost. Like, people's work computers are destroyed. Like, yeah. And what, what, what contractor is he going to call to fix this shit? Yeah, I mean, this just yeah. seems like a disaster. Like, I mean, I get the premise of, like, the, you know, Rat in a Maze video game, like, whatever this is. But he's doing it at work. <laughs> like, seems Weird. like hundreds of people work in this building, by the way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is why, because Dice says, uh, that cop was no player persona. Mm. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? I, I have no idea. The, all the dialogue delivered by Dice and Merrick sounds like it was written by your mom as she's trying to vacuum while you're playing Street Fighter. Yeah. And you're like, Mom, get out of the way. And she's like, I'm sorry I disrupted your Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, it's so weird. You really aced him. Like, is that? It's true. I don't know. All right, so I guess Mac has rescued his girlfriend. Have we talked about this? No, uh, not really. All but right, yeah, let's talk about her. He unties her, and she's like, Ooh, "What's going on?" She is like not alarmed enough at this scenario. This is where I was like, "Oh, she's she's." <laughs> I guess the ending. She's bad. Like, right. She's bad. Yeah, because I'd be like, "What the fuck? Why is this happening? Who are you?" Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. You must have done something to this guy. Right. So this triggers our, uh, I guess, our last flashback. Our final flashback. Right. So we get the the full story because Mac is like, I helped him once as the, like, why is he doing this? It's like, wait a minute, you helped him? What could this mystery be? Uh, So we're back in 1634 and now we're resuming where the previous flashback uh, left off. Um, And so Merrick is like showing Mac like sword moves. He's like, look how fucking good I am. Like, I don't need you. You're a barbarian. You couldn't teach me anything because Mac, I guess, is like, look, I got to teach you all the rules of the game. And Merrick is like, I don't need your rules. Uh... And then, you know, the, the big upshot from this that we're supposed to take away, uh, well, two things. One is that he's not really interested in playing the game because he's like, whatever, I'll just have my manor full of guards and like yeah. retainers. Like no one can ever get near me. How about we play this clip? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we haven't played a clip. That's let's, easier. Let's that's, do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Here we go, guys. Playing clips. Bam. God, he looks like ridiculous in his flashback. <laughs> looks like a when an immortal comes yeah. for your head, he'll only be impressed by your fancy highfalutin sword work. I shall have help. Is that not why one has retainers? There are rules, Merrick, by which you're honor bound. Don't bore me, MacLeod. Your rules are not made for one such as I. They are not my rules. They're meant for all of us. To each and every immortal alive. 
When I shall have my inheritance, I shall build a castle that no immortal can penetrate, unless by my request. Will that not be sport? To have a prey I can kill again and again. There must be way too much bone in your royal head for you to understand. There will be no inheritance, nor dukedom. To the world that knew you, you're dead. You will have to leave this life and start a new one. Impossible. Mm -mm. Womp, 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 indeed. So Mac is explaining to him, like, oh, somebody killed you. Like, word is going to get out that you're dead and then you're going to have to explain your presence. And then, of course, he doesn't get into it, but, like, eventually you're going to get old. Like, you got to figure that out, too. Right. But this does not sit well with uh, Merc. No. Uh, and there's actually one other part of this scene I think is worth discussing because did anyone notice that, like, well, so at the end of this, Mac goes to offer uh, Merc uh, some water out of a canteen. And Merrick is like, ah, fuck it, I'm done with you. And he just punches Mac, which is an insane, like, why, why did he have to punch Mac? He could just be like, okay, thanks, but no thanks. Goodbye. Like, this guy's nuts. He like, pushes, him in a pushes him down like a ravine, basically. Yeah. Did anyone see how far Mac falls after this punch? Mac is punched like 100 feet. <laughs> so here, I'm going to play this portion of the clip because the way they just filmed this is like, I don't, it's... I mean, they do it so they can get, like, a background foreground shot. Uh, mm -hmm. But here we go. I think, uh-oh, which clip is it? Oh, it's a beautiful thing. The, the thing that's so kind of nuts at the heart of this is just that this guy has, like, no redeeming qualities. Like, yep. nothing about this makes him a compelling villain in any way. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I can, uh, I can just hunt people for the rest of their immortal lives. Cool. <laughs> like, why doesn't Mac just take this guy out now? Right. Marek. Marek. Okay, sorry. It took me a second to get the old Mawek. screenshot. Mawek is what <laughs> brings us together today. All right, let's watch Mac get punched 100 feet. They're not street. my rules. They're meant for all of us. To each and every immortal alive. When I shall have my inheritance, I shall build a castle that no immortal can penetrate, unless by my request. Will that not be sport? To have a prey I can kill again and again. There must be way too much bone in your royal head for you to understand. There will be no inheritance, nor dukedom. To the world that knew you, you're dead. You will have to leave this life and start a new one. Impossible. It is only the wretch that stuck me that knows that I am dead. Aye, and all those he's told. Water? <laughs> what? I Look how far away he is. Oh, my God. But it's oh an ugly climb, and I have other business. So he should have that's... gone, like, flying. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Amazing. I he literally does like, like Megaton punch him across <laughs> yeah. the map. Like right. <laughs> it's like in Smash Bros. when then yeah. your character flies <laughs> yeah. away. Uh and then he steals Duncan's horse. It's a real thick move. Bad news. Uh, that's a big that's a big deal yeah. in, in, in these times. It is. Yeah, it that's is. That's a hanging offense. Stranded. Uh so anyway, so we cut so now we know what Merrick's deal is, and also we get like a hint of like, oh, I'm gonna build the black tower at some point. Uh right. 
He's like yeah, I think impenetrable he's, he's, fortress of an office building. Of an office that building like, that has a lobby. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what what else is the point of having a retainer? I guess so. Uh, uh, so we cut now back to the control room, and Dice says he's moving through levels faster than Yahoo on a website, which I loved. I, and also, I was like, what are the levels? <laughs> yeah. What What are the levels? Also, how fast was Yahoo? going at this point is he just going very slowly <laughs> yeah Only, yeah we're on a dial-up connection uh he's going through like one level every couple minutes okay so baffling mac and uh his girlfriend was it greta no uh Margo, you just Mar established this. I, see, I, well, they only said they've said her name once in the first eight seconds of this episode. So anyway, uh, Mac and her go back into this office, right? And he like instructs her to like hide behind a uh, like a I don't know a little table or something. And so Mac mm. sets this trap where there is I don't know he pours like water on the ground and he's get some get some wires and all this stuff, mm. uh, and. Then what happens? The Hermano, the uh, Air, uh, the Hermanos come, <laughs> the brothers, and one of them is like, "Hey, don't uh, don't step on that right. water. It might be a problem." And the other is like, "Ah, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> brother." And he gets you're like, not the boss of me. Completely yeah. electrocuted. Yeah, naturally, yeah. naturally, right? When he, when he touches the, the Home Alone episode continues. That's yeah. right. Uh, Mac electrocutes the one brother. Yes. And then the other dude is like, you're all going to die or whatever. And he just starts blasting uh, the, uh, the, the glass door. With, with like two machine, machine guns, guns, right? He's just in there like, <laughs> it's kind of insane. Right. Um, so he comes in and then Mac ambushes him, right? Yeah. And breaks his goddamn neck. <laughs> yep. Just like, he like does this whole combination move. And I was like, oh, this is neat. And then just crunch. And like... I guess all uh, he's killed a bunch of these other goons too, seemingly. Mm -hmm. But this was like the first one where it was like, oh, he like made the deliberate choice. Like, I'm not going to just incapacitate this guy. I am murdering him. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, I'd like to point out, uh, I know we've mentioned this a number of times uh, on the show, that one of our favorite bad movies is Samurai Cop. Uh, this music in this scene is unlike any other Highlander music, but is very reminiscent of Samurai Cop. Uh, I don't know if, nice. I should have made a comparison of the two musics. I don't know if we want to listen to any of this, but it is uh, really dramatic. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it? Okay, there we go. You okay? Uh, you okay? Uh, you okay? So, you okay? I just <laughs> pummeled this guy in his torso and then fucking brutally snapped his neck Bane style. <laughs> like, yeah, like, a, like a twig. That was uh, pretty cool. I got to admit. That was a cool just, takedown. And she's just so nonchalant about it. Like, oh. Well, that's yeah. what's suspicious. Like, she should be freaking out. Like, not because she's a woman, like she's a normal person. Like, this is crazy yeah. to be in this situation. Is and she's nuts. just like not. She's nonplussed about it. Right. She's just like, oh, geez, what a what a roller coaster this is. Yeah, like that guy. That's gonna that's gotta hoit. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 
But then she's just like, oh, but you're so important to me, Mac. Oh. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, so we went on one date and you had me kidnapped and <laughs> I just watched you brutally murder someone. So I got some questions now. So Mac yeah, emerges yeah, from do. this room with what? His sword. His sword. So at, there's a part earlier where he goes into an office and takes off his coat. And and leaves his sword. Like, why would you leave the sword? There. Right. He yeah. traded his he, sword for a broom, broom, but also has no problem fucking killing people. So he he spent this entire time with a broomstick when he could have just been cutting fuckers up. Like, I don't get this. It makes no sense. And like, it's not like he made a show of disarming him or something. Right. And he's or not like, also, like it's a they could have even secrets or something. No. You could even have incorporated that into the game. Yeah, It's like, you could be like, your sword is on this level. The girl is on this level. You need to find both before you can face the final boss. Yeah, if right. you wanted to do this stupid thing, like that's a thing you could do. Instead, he like just that. like had it and then just appears with the sword. It's so nuts. And this, this is more egregious. Like this happens all the time. His sword just appears. But this is like beyond the pale. It's like unacceptable. He's not <laughs> wearing a coat. Yeah. He's already pulled it out of his like cummerbund. Like this yeah. is nuts ridiculous but it's also like it's crazy because it would have been useful the entire time like i can buy into the fantasy that like he doesn't need to be carrying around the bulky sword in his coat while we film running scenes and all that sort of stuff like yeah. but this is this violates like everything that's going on in the episode and the internal logic of the episode yeah exactly uh so anyway so now we cut to the control room and max shows up uh-oh uh did we did we miss a part of the flashback, by the way? Sure, let us know. What what do we what do we miss? Uh, about? So, unless I have mistaken oh, the order, right. Mac then, uh, excuse me, Merrick, upon stealing Mac's horse, had chased down the poacher and yes. killed him. And then Mac finds him and is gonna take him out. Right. But their fight is inter. He kills quote unquote Merrick, but doesn't finish him off. Right. Uh, at which point the guards come. So Mac can't finish the job, but now there's all this evidence that Merrick is dead. So right. he is effectively, you know, brought about what Merrick was so afraid of, which was that he'd be disinherited. Right. Wah, so that's wah. really what Merrick is mad about, that he didn't get his stupid money. <laughs> right. Uh, which I guess, I mean, I'd be mad too, I guess if, uh, I don't know, I guess I would. You lost your inheritance? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This is just so, so fucking crazy. Uh, Mac's such a piece of shit. Yeah, he's just garbage. I don't know why Mac, like, tolerated him at all to begin with. It was right. clear that this is a bad guy who's going to do bad things with this immortality. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, now we get a, uh, a surprise. What's the twist, Eamon? So Mac is in the control room confronting uh, everybody. Right. And uh, boom, he gets shot. Oh, right, right, right. This girl turns out she's a baddie. Mm -hmm. She's also a hired assassin. Ooh, which I Ooh. saw this coming. <laughs> That's right. I'm so smart. In, you the are sixth, very smart. in the sixth sense, I was like, he's a ghost. No, I wasn't like that. <laughs> uh, one quick thing Merrick yeah. is like, I set this all up because you made me lose everything and it took me 400 years to get it back. And I'm like, dude, that's on you. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? <laughs> he could have just put some money in the bank and made a fortune. Fortune, yeah. yeah. It's the like, power of compounding interest. Right. Yeah. Like, and once again, it, like <laughs> a toy, like what made, there's nothing in Merrick's character. Like why did he open a toy company? 
Like, what? What is that? Why? Uh, I have a theory. Ooh. It's it's just dumb. because like video games are hot, and we got to do a video game episode. Uh, I think this is a combination of three things, but it's all it's all just straight up based on like the Riddler ro- logic of he's a hunter. Hunters hunt game game video games he's a gamer like i honestly (laughs) think i honestly think they literally just put those two those concepts together like i think this character is a combination of guy who fights with retainers they wanted to do that a guy who's a hunter and then they want to have this like video game component and they put those three concepts into one character for some reason and went from there also, we didn't really uh, talk about this too much, but in that clip we played earlier where we talked about, like, Merrick is like, oh, I can, wh- what's the point of having people like as your retainers or whatever? Uh, and Mac is like, no, that's not the rules. Like, that has never been brought up, like, when Xavier was doing it. Uh, I mean, that was, like, a topic on the podcast where we were like, is this against the rules or not? And we seem to think it wasn't against the rules, but Mac seems to be saying that it is, but you're I think we, honor I bound think we th- to... I think we thought it was cheating, but yeah. like clearly there's no cosmic punishment for violating it. Exactly, yeah. So it's not a hard rule uh, as opposed to the the holy ground one, which does seem to be an actual rule that has consequences. Whatever. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so how's Matt get out of this one, Kyle? He does a, a Highlander favorite. He dives out a window. So he just leaps down into the lobby, basically. Right. And so how many floors does it look like he leaps down? I don't G7. know. What's that? G7. G7. He G7 floors to the bottom. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like he's very high up. Also, the building, the, the window he jumps out of, it's like a brick building. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did anyone notice this? And I was like, no. well, I guess it's possible that this building is constructed next to, or you know what I mean? Like sometimes they'll, they'll do that, like add a modern addition onto an older building or incorporate a yeah. building inside a building. I was like, oh, maybe that's what this is. I can't tell if this is actually the same building or whatever. And I was just like, wow, are we somewhere different right now? Maybe. You just jump through space and time, baby. Yep. Baby. A girl's got to pay the bills or whatever she says uh, as her reason for being an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ugh. So uh, nuts. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Merrick's like, you didn't finish the job. Right. And she blah, like, blah, doesn't blah. like, Oh wait, what? I, what are you talking about? Uh, and She's then we dead. cut away. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously dead, but then <laughs> dice Doyce wakes up. Smashing uh, buttons on the computer. He's like, Oh, yeah. what happened? Click, 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 click. Oh yeah. Mac punches him right in the face with yeah. his sword hilt. Right. So why? So Merrick, doesn't go down and finish him off right away. I guess he wastes time also killing this girl. And then by the time he, I guess, goes down there, Mac is gone and has made it all the way back up to the control room again. This is also the crazy thing is that, so fucking Dice. He's, <laughs> go on, Eamon, go on. Well, Merrick like sets her up in like a chair, like her corpse. I, no, I think, she I think he throws her the out the building. I think he throws her out the window. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's like, staged or anything. Yeah, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> so uh, she perfectly lands in a chair. <laughs> in a chair and is like, oh. <laughs> uh, d- when, so when uh, Dice wakes up and he's like smashing computer buttons, he looks at the, you know, closed circuit TV to see Mac. An above shot of Mac. <laughs> right, there's just a, a camera above the lobby pointing straight down and it is Mac dead on the, the ground next to uh, the, the woman. What's her name? Uh, Margot, Margot, right? Uh, 
anyway, like, what does he just look away? Like, he looks, both of them are there. He must have seen Mac wake up and leave, but no, he doesn't. Like, when, when Merrick shows up, Mac is gone. Dice saw this happen. It's so weird. Right? I, don't, I don't get it. Well, he's just being lazy at that point. Maybe he just thinks the game is over. He's not watching the monitors. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't weird. know. Somehow Duncan is able to get all the way back up to maybe level G7, maybe the 13th floor, which is the top button, I think, on this uh, elevator. Or maybe it's 14. Maybe there's a 14th floor. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, uh, and then we have to watch Let's do it. the clip of Matt confronting Dice because it includes perhaps the most insane thing ever said on Highlander. Here we go. Uh, the Dice Man. That's right. The Dice Man. Hey, honey. <laughs> Hickory. Hickory Dickory Merrick. Here we go. You're supposed to be a gang. Is this weird enough for you? I didn't know. You didn't know. Yes. No. I, I did not. I, I didn't. It's, it's not my fault. It was just supposed to be a simulation. A simulation? People are dead. Real people. Not virtual. I didn't know he was playing for keeps in meat space. How could I? Please don't kill me. It was all Marek. He's a madman. He's gone completely postal. Please. You've got to help me. Oh, boy. Okay. So there's the mixing board. Uh, all the sound that's, that's there. That's an amazing crazy. shot of that mixing board. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, also, yeah, this Kyle, what is this look, quote? I didn't know we were playing for keeps in meat space. That's right. What <laughs> the fuck is that? Also, it's, again, like, grounding this in some kind of digital realm. Right. right? Like that's what the contrast is. Like this is a this is a video game for some reason. But like, what about this is even remotely reminiscent of a video game? Yeah. And Nothing. and what technology existed in 1997 that would enable this sort of complex like gameplay? Like nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe he just thinks he's playing a complex series of VCR games. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, God, those were fun. I miss those. <laughs> were they? I love. I don't. I I don't actually. I only remember that I played them. I don't actually remember the experience of playing them. Uh, I know uh, the one company, I forget their name, that put them out. They're almost all identical, which is really funny. They're just themed differently. Like, even mm. the scripts are almost the same, but they just swap out the costumes and, like, the shitty background. And it's just the same game, but with, like, oh, this one's, like, an ancient Egyptian game. Like, escape the Pharaoh's tomb, and then this will be, like, a Star Trek one. I don't know. But they all have basically the exact same script, which is funny. Ooh. Nice. Okay, so Merrick goes down, and Duncan's body is not there. Because of uh, course not. Right. And so then Duncan, I guess, is convinced by Dice that he did not know uh, that this was a real game. So Duncan, like, Bullshit. stares him. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and hey, so he's like, well, up. you're going to fucking help me do this. And yeah. So Mac like takes over the the microphone. It's like this is my game now, or whatever he says. Uh, like I make the rules, and I'm like, what rules are you about to make? Zero. I guess it's just the immortal rules of the game that we're gonna square off one to one. Yeah. Uh, and then Dice, I guess, helps Merrick. Like, what does Dice do to help Mac get no. Merrick back to the control room? Back to G eight. Right, but what wasn't Merrick gonna come there anyway? Presumably, like, huh? You. Huh? <laughs> 
<laughs> you would think so. Yeah, I don't know. But then Dude. it takes like Merrick way too long to realize it's Duncan. It's like, who else do you think it is? <laughs> also, it's his voice. Yeah. Right. Uh, You've been talking to him the whole episode. <laughs> so Merrick shows up, G7, wherever we are, uh, and a fight ensues. Do you guys like this fight? What's your thought on the fight? Let's talk the fight. It's good. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I kind of yeah. like the fight. I think it's cool yeah. that we can see all the moves. Like sometimes they film these a little close up and you can't see like people's positioning or foot movements and stuff. So I appreciate like any time a director shows how the fighting is working. Uh, yeah. No, I, some like cool that. Moves. Uh, I liked I like the floor where it has lights in it. That's like kind of visually interesting. Also, I think the coolest part is this neat disarm move uh, that Nack does. So we can watch I have, I have some thoughts on this, but go Oh, ahead. here we go. <laughs> there it is. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what follows this is he like asks for mercy sort of and says like, you wouldn't kill an unarmed man. And I'm just like, Mac, you just disarmed this motherfucker. <laughs> He's not disarmed by accident. Right. It's not like you happened upon an unarmed man and killed him in cold blood. You were having a sword fight in which you took his weapon away, which I'm going to go ahead and say is a good strategy in a sword fight. So why does Mac do this? It's baffling. It's like mission accomplished. You beat him in the sword fight. And the guy's just like, well, what if you didn't beat me and we try again? <laughs> and then he's like, ah, big mistake, McLeod. I wouldn't do that for you. <laughs> Maybe Max thinking to the children that these kids love these toys. Maybe they that's do. it. He's it's... like, I don't want to ruin Billy's Christmas. That's right. It's just, I don't know. It's baffling. I, Max moral code once again. Like, he didn't give that chance to any of the goons he disarmed. No. <laughs> Before he stabbed them through the eye with, like, a, a, a rusty broom piece handle. of A broom <laughs> handle. Like, <laughs> ugh, I don't All get right. it. So that's the fight. Uh, Max's sword is very shiny in this. Did anyone notice that? It is very shiny. Very shiny. The blades look like... Shiny. Different or sturdier or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, speaking of blades, uh, did anyone notice in the flashback when uh, Merrick and Duncan fight, uh, when Duncan wins, I guess, that last flashback, uh, Merrick's sword is, like, really bent pretty bad. Oh, I like, You can I see that, that, like, they must not have had <laughs> another sword on set to swap it out with. And they're like, just, you're just going to have to keep using it. It's bent. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Uh, all right, so now let's talk about this quickening. So, yeah, somebody else has to take this one. <laughs> uh, so it's on a bunch of TV screens. Naturally. Love, that all eventually TV. come. Where? Yeah. Where are the. We've seen the control room. Where are these TV screens? I don't know. But it's like. <laughs> it it's keeps on. Like the camera Multiplies, moves out and, right? out and out and out. And you see like all of them. And then they all form into one image. Of... Like who made that decision? Did the quickening do it? Is the quickening operating the soundboard or is Dice doing this? With Dice his is doing it, baby. He's with his non-existent <laughs> yeah. wall of TVs. <laughs> I mean, visually, I kind of liked this. Really? Uh, yeah. I liked uh, it. I was, I was yelling at my one TV. <laughs> yeah, I was too. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for this. I'm down the clown. I okay. liked it. Well, yeah. all, right. all right. Fair enough. I guess so. That's why there's multiple flavors of ice cream, I guess. I uh, mm. sure. I, I, for me, I was going to say this is another example of how cheap this episode is. <laughs> I think but, it's like visually interesting. 
Um, so you, like, so if you just see the same thing over and over again, it's <laughs> no. How it like zooms keeps zooming out. I liked it. All right. Oh, fair enough. Are you are you bummed that they didn't get sucked into the computer to fight oh, the final fight? I am very bummed about in that. cyberspace. Like a Tron, yeah. A Tron scenario. Yeah. It's like a new Jumanji. Ooh, new Jew. <laughs> so all right so what's that's, the denouement of this episode fuck it's first off it's so grim it cuts from the end of the fourth act to the denouement of just them zipping up a body, a body. bag. yeah zipping Ooh. up margo <laughs> right i'm just like oh this is rough also it's not even a again this episode is so cheap it's not even a body bag it's just a sheet of okay. plastic they, they mm. pretend to like oh we're covering her up and it's like they just flop it over her like they're yeah. about to paint a living room or something uh so they are not a good send off for Margot, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so now it's just cops are everywhere and ambulances and shit, and they are just rolling out body after body. Uh, and Dice and Mac are watching from feet away with other people, being like, "Huh, how about all this shit? Like, wow." Are I don't know how they're not like detained. All? What's going yeah. on here? Uh, like, why did they have to like? I don't know. Obviously, the police are going to be involved at some point, but you don't have to have Mac and Dice there because now we're just going to think about it. Presumably, isn't there all this recorded footage of McLeod on the premises? Yeah, like walking into the building and like, aren't they going to identify the the woman and like, wait, did you go on a date with her? Like, they might have record that she was at the... uh, Who knows? This is is really rough. Uh, Also, I don't know. I don't know that Mac can claim he killed these people in self-defense, personally. You don't think so? The people he, shooting him with a gun, like shooting at it, like chasing him with gun machine guns? He had the option to leave, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm being dead serious. He had the option to- Well, no, he had the option leave, to, to leave and leave his girlfriend behind. Yeah, he didn't call the police. He had the option to remove himself from the situation, he didn't. He killed a bunch of people by lying in wait for them. Like, well, they were like so, hunting him. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying it's actually not as clean as you might think. Because this is not a scenario. Like, it's a a scenario where he sat down and planned methodically how he could kill these people. And granted, they have ill intent toward him. But, like, rather than trying to remove himself from the situation, he plotted the most methodical way to kill them. And I don't know about that. Because also, I think he's he's given the choice right at the beginning of the episode. Like, if you don't save her, I'll kill her. So, I mean, I think he thinks, like, if he leaves, if he does leave like he's given the choice to, she'll be dead. I guess. So, he, you, so he knows he can't do that. He can't call the police because the phones are dead. So, I don't know. I think he's left with no choice if he wants to save her, which like, is a noble did he, cause. Did he report her being missing? Oh. <laughs> That's just out of curiosity. Is that a thing he did? Uh I mean, I'd have to maybe imagine that he knows this is an immortal plot, right? So, he doesn't report her for... Although I, I, I think I will agree Uh-oh. that if he did, if, what if he did just call the police? If the police showed up mm-hmm. at Merrick's building, what mm-hmm. would they find in there? A bunch of armed assassins, a woman tied up? Like, how's yep. Merrick going to get out of that? Yeah, exactly. Although I guess the woman's question? on his side, so she can lie. Who, know, who knows? It's, this the whole is, thing's, the whole this thing's is a baffling. dicey episode. Yeah, and then also he has to explain that, too, to the police. He's like, well, I was trying to save my girlfriend. I thought she was my girlfriend, but really she was an assassin. Like what uh and she's dead also there's (laughs) evidence there's evidence of her being at mcleod's barge 
and they have witnesses at the opera. So like the last, the last person this woman was seen with was McLeod. Yeah. And now she's dead. And now she's dead. <laughs> and also, I, did they not find him at the scene? Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But of course, I feel like they find all the footage. But I yeah. don't know. Also, we can't like, push on this too hard. DNA evidence because he was bleeding all over the place. Yeah, that's true. There's all this extra. <laughs> where's, yeah, where's this blood coming from that doesn't match any of the other uh, people? Someone else was here. There must be fingerprints everywhere. Who fucking stabbed this dude's eye out, right? Yep. The yeah. whole thing. Like, how are they going to construct? Wow, there could be a whole spinoff series just based on this episode. Unwinding but... this episode? <laughs> it's insane. Right. It's wow. really nuts. Also, they, they got, Dice should talk, like, Dice needs to spill his guts on everything that's happened. Uh... Right. Our, like, <laughs> he's in deep, I mean, Dice is in deep shit. He is. Dice. Like, presumably, he's a, an employee of Merrick, so he'll be questioned eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's weird. It's all very ugly. <laughs> and he, he's going to drop a dime on Mac. I'm he doesn't hoping. seem like someone who'd do well in prison. Drop a so, dice. So then Mac says to Dice, he's like, look, you need to fucking forget about me. Like, I don't exist, right? And then Mac is like, not even in your wildest imagination. And then because like Dice needs to be some creepy cyber dude, he's like, oh man, I never even go there. It's like, this dude is so like you into never being go to your imagination. imagination. Like he only like lives in cyberspace, whatever that means. Like I don't also, know. isn't cyberspace presumably something that he is creating pursuant to his own imagination? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to play a game? And that's it. By the way, that's it. The, the that's it. It's just over. Fades to black, and I was like, huh? It's over. It's just over. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's right. The Adventures of Dyson du Dyson Duncan. Oh, D and D. D and D. The other D and D. All right, Kyle. What do we got? Game time. Oh. All right, we are just gonna play a little bit of straight up trivia. There is a theme to it all. It should be. It should emerge relatively quickly for for all of you. But uh, you'll just Ooh. say your names when you're ready to answer. Uh, you will get a point for being right. Uh, you know, obviously if the other person doesn't get it, the other person, if one person doesn't get it, the other person can take their time in giving an answer. Uh, but that's it. There are going to be nine questions. So. Can I look it up uh, on my computer? I, I, I tend to think that would be cheating, but. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we have computers now in front of us. So. Yes, it's true. Right. We well, theoretically, have computers now. Computars. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Question the first. This steaming turd from 2012 had the tagline, the battle for Earth begins at sea. Eamon. Keith? Eamon's first. Battleship? That is correct. Oh, yeah, baby. That is Liam Neeson and Rihanna and in Rihanna. Battleship. And he doesn't say in the movie, you sunk my battleship. Yeah, it's he doesn't? No, it's I'm unforgivable. <laughs> like, you need to have a dramatic scene where, like, the alien missile hits his battleship and the camera like zooms in on his face and he says, you sunk my battleship. I can't believe Liam Neeson is in that movie. Is yeah, Michael Ironside not. in that movie as well? He should be. Yeah, he should not. be indeed. But Rihanna though. Well, but Rihanna though. She can do anything. She's great. Yeah, love Rihanna. Uh, 
did she write a song for Battleship? Please, is there a single? I think she did. Oh, what? Uh, don't quote me. I, I saw There's this movie. There's a Battleship Rihanna song? In, in like 2013, but I thought there was a Rihanna song during like the final credits. Don't wow. quote me on that. All right. All right, question the second. Three re. What 1985 whodunit had the tagline, it's not just a game anymore? Keith. Yes. Clue. Correct. Uh, another Tim Curry joint. Yeah. Right. You're now tied. Uh, quote, Bonus this points. is, yeah, quote, this is not a game, claimed the tagline of what sci-fi now, uh, sci-fi novel adaptation with Mormon undertones. Oh, damn. This is not a game. Uh, That's the tagline Amen. of like a hundred movies. Amen. Amen. Uh, Ender's Game? Correctamundo. Oh, that yeah. That was indeed Ender's Game. Harrison Ford? That is a Harrison Ford jam. Mm. Uh, Get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what 1993 John Leguizamo film has the tagline, This ain't no game? Keith. Keith. Ooh, I'm not sure who got That's that. That's Keith. I don't know. All right, Keith, go for I, it. I'm declaring it's Keith. Sorry, Emma. That's uh, okay. That would be Super Mario Brothers. Correct. And I was going to insist that you said super, so good job. Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. That's right. It's, it's good shit. Everybody do the dinosaur. Uh, what Richard Lewis movie has the tagline, "This ain't Hoosiers"? Huh. This ain't Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it a sports movie? I mean, who's yours is a sports movie, and this ain't that. Richard Lewis, Eamon. Yeah. Robin Hood Men in Tights? <laughs> no. All right. Um, uh, did he make a movie with John Candy? Am I confusing it with something else, that West Western one? What does that have to do with anything? I have no idea. I have no idea what this is. Me neither. Uh, this is game day. Oh, game oh. day. Richard Lewis. Boku. That, that goes to no one. Mm -mm. Tied up. All right. This 2000 Christmas theme action, action romp lets Ben Affleck know. Uh, yeah. Reindeer games. It is reindeer games. The Ooh, tagline damn. was, quote, the, ta the trap is set and the game is on. Rudy. Rudy. Not a so good tagline. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Also, the fact that his name the fact that his name is Rudolph and it's called Reindeer Games is awful. Uh, I like that. I like it. I'm a fan. Bat flick. Uh, this uh, we only got three left. Ooh. This 1992 Harrison Ford film kept the tag Keith. simple. Yeah, Keith. Patriot Games. It is Patriot oh, Games. Oh damn! Oh, he's pulling ahead. It's now four to two, Eamon. Uh, uh -oh. The tagline was, let the games begin. Let the uh, games begin. <laughs> Did you say that like Bane? Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> it. With the other tagline, not for honor, not for country, for his wife and child. Mm. Harrison Ford's families must be the most, maybe aside from Liam Neeson, must be the most like abused families in Yeah, cinema. the most in jeopardy. <laughs> Yeah. All right, two left. Amen. You yes, gotta sir. 
if you get both of these, you can still tie it. So oh, you gotta baby. be aggressive here. Be aggressive. I'm gonna crush you, Amen. This film starring Leonidas and Dexter from 2009 has the warning, the game is real. Keith. Yes. Gamer. Correct. Oh, that God is damn it. That's a gamer. fucking Gerard Butler movie, right? It's Gerard Butler and, was it, Michael C. Hall. And uh, Ludacris. And Ludacris, <laughs> yeah, lest you forget. I just want to take a pause here. I think Gamer is a good movie. Oh, yeah? And I think people that shit on it don't have a sense of irony or fun. Uh, I half agree with that. I've never I seen think, it. I think there is a good movie in that movie. I don't think that is the movie they made necessarily. Sure. Um, I, I think it's there is there is more something, than it deserves. Well, I will agree with that. There is something good at the heart of that movie, especially with like the whole weird social network component yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, because you don't just rent other people's bodies for these death matches. You can like rent other people's bodies for like a second life kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the more interesting part of the whole thing. But mm. yeah. what do I know? I, th I think that's worth a revisit for yeah. people. Huh. All right. Final question. This is just for fun. Keith, you've clinched it. But Eamon, you got some, there's some pride here. Ooh. Uh, wouldn't you rather play chess? is the tagline for which young Matthew Broderick film? Eamon. Eamon. War Games. It is indeed War Games. I also oh. delivered that slightly incorrectly. For some reason, everywhere I saw the tagline, you was in all caps. So it should have been, wouldn't you rather play chess? Wouldn't you? And that was our game-related trivia. All right. Congratulations to Kiefer Sutherland. Hell of a thing you did. All right, I dropped guys. the ball on some of those. You really oh. did. Um, I'd say I'm disappointed, but it's what I've come to expect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so it's Watcher Chronicle time. Uh, oh, we got Watcher Chronicles. Now, I do have these ready to be displayed on the screen. However, maybe I'll only display them Ooh. after I read it because I do think there's a bit of fun uh, to revealing some of this info as it's doled out. Uh, now, I've not read these. It is usually my practice to, you know, get screenshots of this stuff because uh, I want to keep it fresh for the podcast. So this is the first time I'm reading this stuff as well. Uh, so are we ready? Buckling up. All right. Let's do Watch it. your Chronicles. The first one is for Mr. Devin Marrick. He was born in 1599 in England. Uh, his first death was 1634, stabbed by a peasant. Yeah, we know. We saw it. Uh, also, yeah, born – so – well, guys, I got a question. How old do you think Merrick, Merrick was supposed to be? 40? He's 35? Oh, no, he does not look 35. He's a no. dog shit looking 35 He's year He's in old. his 50s, right? That dude's 50. Yeah. Late he, needs 40s. To, he needs to hydrate. Yeah, yeah. he does. He Seriously. Hydrate. Damage is done. Oh, okay. Who's his first teacher? Duncan McLeod. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. That's true. Sort of. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for like a second... Uh, I, I've never given people like advice they don't listen to and been like, well, that was a good teaching experience. Uh, yeah. Original cultural affiliation, English, recent base of operations, Paris, France. Uh, oui. Also, can we talk about that? So, Karam Toys, base of operations, has been his toy empire, as it maybe would be, has been in Paris 
uh who knows how long but like duncan shows up he's like oh you finally found me or whatever it's like he's been here the whole time anyway <laughs> um occupation ceo uh Karim enterprises roster status 1998 duncan mcleod dead uh all right so you ready for his chronicle hit me let's do it you know when i was a kid <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, when I was a kid, I had the reoccurring nightmare that I was accidentally locked in the neighborhood toy store after closing, and the little old toy maker and his toys were trying to kill me. At the time, I certainly didn't think it was a promotion uh, or a premonition of my future employment. You just never think that the man who gave the world flubby wubbies could be a raving homicidal maniac who can only die if you cut off his head. Eamon, what do you think flubby wubbies are? Uh, I think that's probably like gack. Yeah, it feels it's got a very gack vibe to me. Huh. See, but flubby wubbies, I think they're like little creatures. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of flubby wubbies. Mm. Well, I think of flubber. Why didn't the catalog make flubby wubbies? (laughs) This is a real missed opportunity. Enjoy the the toys of black tower and for these this enjoy, enjoy the toys of black tower only referenced in the watcher chronicle <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh all right um so anyway uh flubby wubbies although if you heard my daughter sing that insipid jingle one more time i think i could have taken merrick's head merrick has uh had merrick. some serious issues not least of which was this oedipus thing with his first teacher duncan mcleod his hatred of McLeod. He wants dri- to fuck McLeod's mom. <laughs> I, don't <know>. uh, <laughs> I don't get it. His hatred of McLeod has driven him mad for nearly 400 years. Talk about your dysfunctional father-son relationships. And isn't that just how little boys who feel that way about their fathers are afraid it's going to end with the father cutting off the son's head? Question mark. No. <laughs> what? What? That's the- insane. This that did they even see this episode? Well, did anyone catch the the one line in here uh, about who wrote this? Who's the watcher? No, who is it? At the time, I certainly didn't think it was a premonition of my future employment. So is it Dice? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. They made Dice a watcher. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So now I have a watcher chronicle for Lawrence Dice Dicente. Oh, Dicente. 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 How do you spell I don't know. That? I don't. Yeah. Okay. Great question. It is D I C E N T E. I don't know how you would. You're supposed. Is it Dicente? Dicente? Duende. Duende. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this guy's a watcher. So like, all right. All right. A million, a million things that brings up. Well, right, I think so, they, I think they make him watch her after the fact. Oh well, no I mean, shit. But yeah. like, it's still fucking crazy. All right, so here we go. Cover: Computer consultant, location: mobile. Mentor: Joe Dawson. Education: uh, MIT or yeah, MIT. Um, academic class ranking: uh, one out of one hundred and five. Graduating class: nineteen ninety nine. Uh, this episode is from like 1997 or eight. Did he go to MIT afterwards? Oh, well, this no, is in the future, watcher. right? Yeah. His watcher class is 1999. Oh, well, well, so does that mean he's not a full-fledged watcher here? Well, you know he's not a watcher here because he didn't know about Immortals yet. Oh, so you're thinking he was 
this was, he was brought in after the fact. Ah. He knows about Immortals now, and they're like, they're like, we could use, Joe's like, we could use a computer guy. And they bring him in, and he joins the Watcher class of 1999. That makes sense. Okay, I was thinking he's been a Watcher this whole time, and I'm like, this is no. crazy. No, that no, doesn't no, make no. Sense. no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, of skills. all the things that don't make sense. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Uh, skills, computer designer and programmer, artificial intelligence expert, world-class level uh world-class level computer gamer okay uh languages english french html and c++ (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) nice okay ready yeah all right from the tribunal records may 16th 1999 uh and this is from the newspaper of the watcher training academy in geneva switzerland so they have their own newspaper Mm. too which seems like a bad thing for a covert uh you know surveillance organization to have like a monthly newsletter but um it says valedictorian double get valedictorian double gives powerful speech lawrence decente or also known as dice uh to nearly everyone on the academy campus had almost finished giving one of the most passionate graduation speeches in the 108 year history of the watcher training academy what so i guess they've only formalized watcher training for 108 years is the idea Okay. Wow. okay. Still, it's just like this. This wiener gave one of the most impassioned speeches ever. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, we're watching. We're watching Watchers in Meat Space. <laughs> meat Space. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Tuesday night, when uh, he hit a snag he didn't anticipate. So this is when he's giving a speech. He hit a, ta- a snag he didn't anticipate. Uh, The portable generator providing power for the graduation ceremony on the South Lawn hiccuped and the valedictorian dice disappeared mid-sentence. Wait, what? I have not read this ahead of time. The power surge shorted out a circuit in an elaborate holographic laser setup Dice had installed to cover his absence at the graduation ceremony. Academy administration was less than happy with Dice's stunt and later recommended tribunal uh, disciplinary action when they learned Dice had staged the elaborate hoax in order to not miss the, his weekly X-Files chat on the internet. Wow, okay. All right. What? Well, uh, no, no comment. <laughs> no comment on this. Yeah, that's... No wow. comment that Dice became a watcher and created a Tupac-style uh, hologram, hologram. <laughs> to give a speech that was super impassioned just so he could watch the X-Files. Because he doesn't have a fucking VCO. Oh, no, it was so he could have a chat. Uh, a chat. Yeah. There we go. Wow. That's I... the Watcher Chronicles. <laughs> what <Whoa>. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this episode, guys. What do we think? Kyle, you won the game. Why don't you give us some just general thoughts and let's have uh let's try to have like a discussion about the episode and then we'll give our final ratings uh in a more succinct way. Two thumbs down. Two, th- uh, two thumbs down. This okay. this episode is baffling. Uh, I do think that they combined they combined components that shouldn't have been combined. Like this weird hunter thing is not someone who's combined with, is not a concept I think is compatible with, oh, I'm the game master. Like those don't seem like the same thing. They, those seem like very different people. And frankly, I think the immortal villain should have, if you were going to do this, the immortal villain should be Dice. And he should be legitimately controlling this experience in a way that's like tangible and direct and like, He's coordinating these people. He's guiding Mac down a, down a path. Like he's, 
and he's in it very much for the enjoyment of doing that right part i also of the kyle process. uh Definitely, like a discussion. I, I like that uh, notion too because, like, we've seen some people play the game like differently. Like Kenny was at a disadvantage or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, so he like lied to people. And I suppose there's a version of this where like Dice is maybe like a recluse. He like isn't physically threatening, and so he plays this cat and mouse game thing uh, right. as his technique. Uh, so, but that's yeah, not the that's not the deal with Merrick. Like according to Merrick, he is an accomplished swordsman who's better than McLeod. Uh, at least 400 years ago, he said he was. Uh, yeah. So it's just like, it doesn't really make sense. And frankly, like the people I think of, aha, Master Hunter is not the guy who I'm like, oh, he's the D&D guy who loves games. Like those don't seem like the same person to me. And maybe I'm being limited in my notion of, of what those things entail, but it just doesn't make sense that they're combined. Okay. Uh, you know, and I don't know, it's hard to get too far into this. We've already said so much about it. Like, Sure. Well, Eamon, why don't you chime in, uh, you know, again, for like, let's have a discussion about all this. Like, you like this episode. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it has a lot of potential. Um, there is like two, two competing, like there's the video game thing and then there's like the, it almost reminds me of like Running Man or something or like. It does have a Running Man vibe. There's hunters. even a Die Hard vibe to this. Yeah. Die Hard, like he's locked in a building, like. He has the one man against the world type thing. Um, it's just like, you know, I wish they took it a little further, but I like like the kernel of um, what they planted here. But it is, it is just like, there's too many themes and like, it's, it's weird. Bad day in building black tower. Yeah. yeah. Bad, bad day in building a more like, Bad day of building KB toys. Hey, hey, Ooh. KB toys reference. Interesting. Right. No more of those KB. anymore. KB, no. that's a shame. I miss the KB toys mm. and the Toys R Us. Yeah, right. Keith, what would you have done differently with this? Uh, I agree with your point, Eamon, that they didn't go far enough. Like in general, I find this this is like a trope I've seen a bunch. Like, oh, the video game came to life, or I'm trapped in the mall, or I don't know. Like this feels like it's hitting on a bunch of episodes I've seen before. Uh, both like this game element, like this Toy Master sort of thing, uh, and also this Die Hard vibe or whatever it has. Uh, I kind of wish it was more just like, I don't want to say a spoof episode, but like I wish they leaned into every one of these tropes and possibly the budget interferes with that. But like, I wish this was like a hardcore action movie that was like so over the top with like silly catchphrases and like, like they just did everything. Uh, I mean, I felt that way about like, there was kind of a James Bond episode they did. Uh, and I just felt like they never go far enough. Like they want to keep their foot in like, well, this is still like really part of the show. I don't know. Uh, but it was a little goofier. Uh, but like, I guess they've done some comedy episodes. Like the Stone of Schoon is like a fairy tale. And so we're not sure if it's real or not, or I don't know. And it's like, that's obviously outlandish for laughs. I feel like they could do the same thing here. And it doesn't have to be played for laughs necessarily. Uh, or like so over the top, but at least be a little tongue in cheek about this. Like, hey, we're doing like a diehard episode. And Max is a superhero, so let's make him do super silly superhero things. Or I don't know. There's something more fun here uh, that would be more unique. Uh, I also really don't like the fact, like, this is just not a Highlander story. Like, Mac is seemingly hurt the entire episode. And so, like, we always see this kind of discrepancy in the show. Like, how long does it take for somebody to, like, heal after they've been shot? Uh, apparently in this episode, a very long time, uh, which I guess I'm okay with, but... 
I don't know. I well, wish, until like, the end fight, until it actually matters, and then he's right. totally fine. Yeah. After uh, so I, breaking every bone in his body, theoretically. Yeah, uh, and I, I kind of wish that it was handled a little differently. Like if the the traps were maybe set up more f- to 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 kill him, like to mm-hmm. you know actually kill him, uh, or that like since these these goons don't know he's immortal you know can mac use any of that to his advantage like i actually there's a weird scene in uh highlander 2 i kind of like and i remember talking about it on the podcast then where i felt like the uh when they like break into the prison uh i was like oh this actually feels like maybe a kurgan move like they allow themselves to be dude yeah they allow themselves to be shot up so they can break in and i was like that's an interesting use of immortality like they don't care about their bodies or anything and i was like oh like mac could have done something like that here and you know, let the goon shoot him or do whatever because he knows he's going to come back in a second. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it doesn't feel like this is a Highlander story in any way. And it, I don't know. It doesn't further anything along. Like where, where do we end? Also, this episode starts at three in the morning eating sushi on a boat and ends at sundown the next day, I think. I guess. So Mac is in this place for like a full 24 hours. Uh, This is nutso it's it's pretty nuts yeah it's insane Ooh, you know what they could have done if they wanted to include like they clearly wanted to include this concept of like points and extra lives and shit like that um one thing that might have been funny would be like if the goons are do know how to kill him like they've been armed with this information but they're not going to kill him like they're not going to take his head until they've killed him a certain number of times right so like Mac literally has lives. It's like okay, yeah. you kill him, retreat, let him get back up. That's a great idea. Try again, Mac. You've only got two more chances, and if they, you know, if they they kill you the last time, we're taking your head. Like yeah. I don't know if you That's wanted fun. to do if you wanted to do something like that. At least like do it to do it to go the full nine. Like make it it's 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 full dumb glory. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very curious how this episode. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Amen. I was just gonna say, or what if it was like he gets to a level and he has to like fight a boss. And what if they're all immortal? Ooh. See, yeah. That the would... goons, like, I mean, that's yeah. a, you know, what's it called? Uh, Scott Pilgrim style, which is yeah. fun. But like, that's a movie that used these tropes uh, like effectively. Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim is like one of the best comic book movies ever. It's great. Yeah. yeah that movie is great. Uh, what a, what an unexpected treat that was. Mm. I don't know. It's just uh this episode's just a mess. I don't yeah, know. I mean, this feels like a million things were thrown against the wall. I'm very curious how this episode like came into being. Like, what producer had this idea? Like, I don't know. It just it feels like this is just a, a big hodgepodge of stuff uh, that was like maybe trendy at the time or something. I don't know. It just it maybe. just feels like I don't know. Also, weirdly, I remember this episode very well. Like. I don't know if they ran reruns of this a lot. Like this is a standout episode for me in season six. Wow. Uh, not because of quality necessarily, but like, I just really remember this episode. Weird. Weird. Hmm. Are we uh, ready to rate this motherfucker? I guess so. Uh, Let's do it. Amen. How many uh, Betamax tapes would you give this? I'm going to give this two Betamax tapes. Two. Two. Um, uh, for some reason, I don't want to give it a one, but it's definitely not a three. Uh, you know, I like when Max stabs that guy in the face with the broom. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he breaks that guy's neck. I'm like a sucker for that cheesy kind of action death stuff. But Merrick's a horrible bad guy. Like It's just terrible. I hate Dice so much. I think he's a, 
I think he delivers a terrible performance. I really hate it. <laughs> but then, you know, his line about meat space is funny. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but that this might be, that's a top 20 line for me. I think. Yeah. It's a great line. Like, <laughs> so those things considered like I get enjoyment out of that, but uh, it's a, it's a mess, <laughs> but it's not a one for me either. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Like it didn't make me mad. Interesting. Okay. All this right. episode didn't make me like, pissed like some others have <laughs> your thirst for violence is keith's thirst for violence is written all over his face that's that's, right. that's sure that's keith right. uh how much meat space would you give this oh uh, meat space uh which is subsequently going to be my new uh social networking site oh meat space good meat, meat space. space for butchers yeah <laughs> butchers only.com uh i uh, uh i might give this a one I you're going for the full one i think i'm giving it that's a one. fair uh yeah i i just feel like this episode is all over the place it's not necessarily an immortal story really the motivations of all the characters i am just like not getting mm. uh i agree with you Eamon, that there's there's something here like i think they've just thrown so much stuff here like i mean there's there's even some something to be said about like oh the dude who's like in the citadel like we got to get to him like but it doesn't have to be a game like like i don't know there's all these like extra things that are it, thrown it on could top just of be this. It could just be the new Judge Dredd movie. Yeah. Bad guys uh, at the top of the tower. <laughs> I have to get I got to get them. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just really strange. And I don't really understand Merrick's plan at all. Like, the cat and mouse thing is undone by him being, like, upset that Mac isn't dead yet. And it's like, if you wanted Mac dead, uh, your assassin, what's her, Margot, was, like, on a boat with him eating sushi. Like, just have her fucking shoot him. And then the knock on the door is Merrick, and he ends it. Like yeah yeah uh so it's it's a lot of like i don't know show i guess uh just a bunch of action beats um i don't know so i appreciate what they were able to do like directing wise like they tried to move around the building i guess as best they could uh i think they had a tight shoot uh i think richard martin said he had a 12 page day which is like double a busy day <laughs> like yeah, a busy a... day is like six or seven so uh so i don't know Really strange episode. It's a big skip it for me. So, all right. Skip it. Kyle, how many bonus points would you give this episode? This gets 1.5 bonus points from me. Uh, you know, I think it's better than Bad Day in Building A, which is basically the same episode, but with this extra grafted on story, right. like one man army tales. And like, that's. We've seen that before. We've actually seen it before in Highlander. This is a this is better than that, Jerry. And, and that's yeah, that's the best thing I can really say about it. I mean, I think my extra point five might just come from playing for keeps in meat space. Like <laughs> that that line, I derived enough joy from that that it gets me to one point five. But it's I I think it's better than a one. I can't I can't get myself to a two, unfortunately. Wow. So. There we lie. I have a, a, another question for you guys. Because uh, you mentioned, I don't know, if is this better than Bad Day in Building A? I do not like this episode. Do you think this is a better Highlander episode than uh, the off-maligned The Zone? Yes. Yes. There's why? A, there's, why? There's an actual immortal in it. There is a flashback in it. Uh, oh, that's right. The Zone doesn't have any does the zone yeah, have exactly. flashbacks. No flashbacks. No. They just think that that guy might be an immortal and that's what gets him into it. But he clearly isn't. And for some reason he hangs around anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you going to the zone, man? Going to the zone? Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Not for breakfast, man. Wow, this is this is great, guys. So we came back. Uh, this is our first. We came back, back, recorded for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of a long episode. Uh, so I hope this was okay for everybody out there. Uh, this kind of new format uh, that we're trying out. Uh, we'll be, of course, tweaking this as we move forward, trying to make this, you know, tighter and the best show we can. But also, things are really, I don't know, busy for us. And recording through the pandemic is, even though we're doing it remotely, is still not the easiest thing for us all to do. And our schedules are all different, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we have some exciting stuff coming down the pike. Uh, so I did want to mention to everybody, uh, if you haven't heard already, that there's a new Highlander book out there uh, called A Kind of Magic, the Making of the Original Highlander uh, by Jonathan Melville. And I believe this is available at least in the UK right now. You can look it up online. Uh, but oh, a big teaser! Are your favorite we watchers, your favorite podcasters in the book? We are. Ooh. We're in the book. Uh, Woo! That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, we're really honored to be included in the book, and uh, you can read some uh, quotes from us. And we we talk about Highlander a, a decent amount in one of the uh, I guess the final chapter about like what where Highlander is going next and what the fandom's all about. Uh, so I haven't finished reading the book yet, uh, but it is pretty cool. Uh, so if you're a Highlander fan, definitely pick it up. And we're going to be having uh, the author, Mr. Melville, coming on the show uh, soon to talk about it. And hopefully maybe we'll do a giveaway of a book and stuff like that. So that'll be cool. So look for that in the next, like, maybe two to three weeks. Uh, and definitely pick up that book if you're interested. So And makes a great gift. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, believe, I believe the publisher, you can get signed copies from, uh, from the uh, publisher's website. So, awesome. Oh, neat. Mr. Melville is on Twitter. Um, so look his Twitter account up and get get one of those signed books baby all right baby. good very times. cool yeah this was great uh so next week we're gonna be uh if we're not interviewing uh mr melville next week we're gonna be hopping back into season six coverage and it'll be episode 6.7 uh unusual suspects which is another moravinsky episode uh so this is gonna be a lot of sosa that's right uh it's a fun episode so that'll be good um so yeah thanks everybody for joining us this week and again thanks uh to our patreon uh, supporters uh, for helping us get these new microphones, which really help make things a lot easier. Thank you so uh, for much. For sure. That's right. We love you this big. That's right. You are my number one guy. Here we go. So we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. <laughs> this is Kyle. This is Amen. Bye. Bye. Bye.